0: Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You podcast, Snap, Crackle, and Cheap Pops. And here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine. It's the
1: Super Athletes. Super Athletes, how are you doing, gents?
2: We
0: are
1: good. Man, how are
0: we
2: doing? Thanks for having us, Phil. Good, thank you, mate.
1: Good, hey, Good, 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 good. It's an absolute pleasure. And You know what? This is an absolute Snap, Crackle, and Cheap Pops first. We've never had two people on at once. It could go down really, really well. It could absolutely go to shit. So no pressure gents but uh, it's on your heads not mine. What
0: is us up
2: this you
3: never know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See I was going to say we're a trend setting tag team and he's already trying to get rid of me.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No it's going to be it's going to be good it's going to be good. I mean I I've known you two guys not very very long but I kind of feel like I know you both quite a bit within a short space of time. I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. I mean would have been a year and a half, maybe coming up to two years, that myself and my ex-partner came up to the uh, Manchester Pro Wrestling Academy. Uh, we got to, to see you guys. We get to see, got to see the entire class. And that kind of started the ball rolling. Because I know when I left that first training session, I was sat in the car with Leanne. And she knows when I'm thinking stuff because I start stroking my face like I'm a Hulk Hogan or something. As you can tell by I've got a hog open t shirt on, which obviously podcast listeners can't see, but take, it, take my word for it, I have. I start stroking my little Fu Manchu beard on the go, and she says, All right, who did you have your eye on? Like I'm on the pole or something, which is a bit weird. <laughs> and- and I wasn't going to say it, I listed off a couple of people, like uh, Randy I really liked, yeah, yeah. Um, CP Riley I really liked, um, Dynamite I really liked, and it was you two as well. And I could see something, and I just didn't know what it was. And I know we're going to come on to the super athletes in a little, little bit, so I know I've jumped way ahead of myself, but I could just tell from, from like you know, day one, Like we're gonna have him on our show. I just don't know what we're gonna do with it yet. I was still marinating on on what we're gonna do. But but before we even get into the super athletes, I want to give you guys the chance So obviously my uh, person for your audience. We've seen you on one show. They've they've seen you in two matches. They've yeah. The audience has already kind of set their hook in with yourselves. But could you give us some info early doors about yourselves? Like how did you even come to attend? A wrestling school i mean what made you jump from being a fan because you can tell that you're both wrestling fans i don't think that's uh, any secret to anyone listening why did you make that jump from being a wrestling fan into being do you, i want to be a performer because some people are just cool with being fans um but what was with the taking that leap
3: so this like this is honestly i think the weirdest i don't believe in destiny or fate or any of that bollocks um but this is the strongest like piece of evidence that I have for fate ever existing and that me and Ryan uh, sorry me and Troy I lost I lost, fucking, I lost my shoot status there already uh, me, and, me and Troy we both used to play American football in Britain before, uh, before wrestling we both played in the same university leagues, we both played in the same adult leagues, we played for teams that had played each other frequently and then by chance we both turned up to the same beginners training session at the same school on the same day Like, there was, there is no way that that should happen. Any, like, there's only, I think, what, eight of us at that training session? Yeah. Yeah. And we both happened to turn up. We were a quarter of that class and about 90% of the weight of that class.
0: (laughs) um,
3: Like, just by chance, happened to turn up on the same day. It was just, it was nuts.
2: There's one of them as well where I remember um, Chris was wearing, like, an NFL shirt. And, like, obviously, you're a bit nervous on your first day and stuff. And so I come in and sort of gravitate to the other large man wearing uh, wearing the NFL top. And it was like that, uh, if you ever watch Step Brothers, it was like that moment where they're like, Do we just become best friends? You know, we're like, Oh, do you like do, do, do you like American football, mate? And he's like, Oh, I play. I was like, Oh, me too. And then like we ended up just getting on that conversation. And um, and yeah, it was, it was like that moment on Step Brothers where we are just like, right, well, 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 that's it now then. <laughs> and, um,
3: oh. I remember, I, I actually, I remember turning up and I remember I was stretching and I could see that I was a bit older than everyone else there because I'm, I, mean, I turned 30 in a week. It's all It's all down here from here. Um, and so I was a little bit like quite And then he, Ryan came over to me, Troy came over to me, shit. And he said, like, hey, do you do you like American football, mate? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to play. He went, oh, me too. And I think within one question, we'd gone to like, oh, do you know X and X? And I went, yeah he's a bit of a knob and ryan went yeah he is a bit
2: of a knob and i was like yeah we're best friends yeah, so we yeah know a lot of the same people and stuff so it, yeah. it was just one of those that like yeah so we, we turned to
3: the first session and
2: instantly we just thought yeah and i think literally from about two weeks in we knew we were going to be attentive
1: yeah i mean for for those of us that live on this podcast that are almost you know, getting close towards 40 uh mr Alison daniels thanks for that comment Shit <laughs> out uh <laughs> no remorse in your face at all no remorse oh uh, yeah
3: no not at all i mean i get it from i get it from troy uh, well, he, we'll, he would...
2: feel relatively sprightful <laughs> what what's what's
1: right. the age difference between between you two
3: i think i'm um, i'm so i'm 30 a week and you're 26 currently troy
2: i was 27 last week
3: oh that was yeah you had a birthday I forgot about that i got your angle you're welcome um uh, yeah, so there's there's a three year difference between us, which is why I do I do the talking side of things, and, and Troy does the physical side of things.
2: We, we've got our system, I take all the bumps, and he just gets yeah. about some, you know, it seems to work.
3: Yeah. I mean,
1: th- th- there is one more thing that you you do do uh, as part of your double act that uh, Mr. Addison Daniels doesn't do, which is walk backwards into ring steps, which. Oh i, I I'd like. I really hope the person few fans because I've been mean, trying to. Are people listening today? <laughs> they'll probably be pressing few fans. Uh, go out your way to track down this bit of footage. So <laughs> before we even get into your patio, get dig deeper into your past and all this sort of thing. It is a beautiful, beautiful moment. So give us, give us a little bit of that.
2: So in, in my defence, the uh, the ring at Iron Fist doesn't normally have steps, and they have like a sort of bridge at the Hereford venue that goes from the stage um, straight to the ring. Uh, but we had a different ring uh, on this occasion, and uh, as part of the maps that we were doing, um, I, I was I took a move, and I knew that I was coming around to the front to catch a dive, and that's that's where I was going, um, and I <laughs> I did end up succeeding in catching the dive. It's just in walking backwards to kind of like get to the front, I did almost like a complete back roll over the um, over the steps, and I was just like I was praying that no one saw it because Chris was still in the ring taking some moves and and, and doing a spot. But then there was um, like a sort of a gaggle of children in the front row that started chanting <laughs> "Keep your balance at me," and I thought that's actually like quite an innovative chant.
3: I'm not sure. I, do, I want to point out in this as well. So we were against two guys, and the, so this was during the hot tag, and the guy who was doing the hot tag was a guy called Nico, who was flown over from Italy for this match. Now Nico is shit hot. He's dead, dead that's good. Awesome. Uh, he weighs—I'm gonna guess—about 180 to 190 pounds. Like he is hes not—he's not, not tall, but he's ripped. Like there is not an ounce of fat on him. So the start—and in fact, the start of this match—I gave him some shit about how he should eat carbs. With his broken English, he walks up to me and goes, "Hey, fat boy!" And starts this <laughs> oh, broke um, me. I was so, done. Yeah, I was. Yeah, we both—we both popped. It was ridiculous. But anyway, so we its the hot tag. He gets rid of Ryan. I can't remember who he gives Ryan. He goes out. And I'm there. I give him a mini cut off. And when he was planning this, bear in mind, he doesn't speak a whole lot of English. So we were, me and Moran, were both like, we're probably just going to say yes to whatever he wants to what do. Injustice. Because it's going to be difficult to like negotiate what we're going through. So he goes through, right, and then I'll give you a super kick, and I'll give you a German suplex. I've got at least 70 pounds on this guy. This but I was, not, I was not going to be arguing. I was like, yep, that's fine. You give me a German suplex. Like This is the point of wrestling, to make the other person look good. I don't bump very often. It's already been alluded to. I was like, this is going to be the bump of the fucking night. This is going to look shit hot. So I remember I get super kicked, gives me this German and I throw myself backwards. Like I have launched myself from one side of the ring to the other. And I remember stopping and listening and being like, I did not get the reaction I thought it would. I thought that again. <laughs> After the match, Ryan comes up to me and goes, Yeah, sorry, mate. During the hot feds, I fell over and the entire crowd was looking at me and laughing. <laughs> I was like, What? I bumped for that. I bumped on my back for that. And everyone was watching you fall <laughs> over the steps. I was livid.
1: I mean, it is, it is fun. Fant- it's one of those, um, again, because I'm an old man, especially in comparison to you two bastards. Um, but well, like, I remember like Noel's ho- watching Noel's house party on like a Saturday night or whatever. And Mr. Blobby used to take that bump, he'd like he'd, he'd back bump over Noel Edmonds or down the stairs or whatever. And when I watched it, there was just that weird nostalgic feeling of watching Mr. Blobby go an arse over tit. It was good, it was very good. I, yeah. I do have to admit, <laughs> yeah,
2: not at the time, it wasn't
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. We're, we're gonna have to see this now, obviously. If you've been in this business long enough, chances are you're going to end up on Botchamania. I mean, that's surely that's got to be on Botch-mania. Um,
2: uh, I don't know. Is that a claim to fame or a claim to shame? I've, I've
1: no, few... I, I, think, I think it's a claim to fame. I mean, I, I've fucked up a lot and I've never been on Botchmania. I'm, I'm offended, if anything.
2: you have seen, uh, yeah, we, we, we know a few people have been on Botchamania. There's the classic Grodd uh, clip. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. He sold it like an
2: absolute champ, though, didn't he? Like, just carried it oh, on.
3: Uh, I love it. It never broke character with it. No,
1: not no, he Just that, straight right. back up on that, his feet. Yeah, respect that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got like he's got his mask on and he, he whatever. And he literally stacks it from about six feet high, off the edge of the stage, yeah, on right. on his face, and people around are kind of like gasping and holding their face and whatever. And he literally just gets up, shrugs it off, and walks to the ring. We we have to start putting some of these on the person few channel because i don't know if any many person few fans have seen them but we'll get yours on we'll get him with right. on <laughs> and uh we'll we'll, we'll have a, we'll call it like botcher armor or something i don't fucking know as long as we're not getting sued yeah I do. no it's fine it, it's, <laughs> you won't get sued i mean i i may but um it's fine you know i i assume all responsibility that's perfectly fine but uh going, going back a to time a little bit so we want to want to talk about when you two guys kind of got together, so what sort of put like a little time stamp on it? Uh, when would it have been that you two would have first met at that training school day?
2: I think. What talking, a great question. Yeah, I think we're talking like uh, I remember it was like summertime because it was boiling, wasn't it, in Max Gym? Yeah. I
0: think
2: it was like July, August of. I want to say, will it have been twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen? How long have we? I think 2018? it was
3: twenty. must uh, twenty seventeen.
2: You think? I think so.
3: Yeah. And that, Cause we did, what, yeah, I think it's 2017. Because
2: I think my my first ever match was like a couple of weeks before yours, and that was that was in I think August September of, of 2018. But yeah. our our first match uh, together, I think it was about it, it was it was the Rumble, wasn't it, or was it?
3: Oh, it was. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, it was. It was against Lethal Weapons, wasn't it? Our first actual match together.
2: Yeah yeah I think that was about uh, was that January
3: of yeah yeah 2019 or yeah January... although you are lying our first match together wasn't that match okay our okay. first match together was in the main event of an iron <laughs> fist show where <laughs> Troy Ryan teamed up with Xander Cooper the to take on
2: team me and Xander to take
3: Cooper. on number one contender Chris Royals and a mystery uh, partner who was plucked from the local gym <laughs> uh, take you on. So this was ah, it was oh, it funny. was a small Iron Fist show. Uh, Coops was champ. Chris Royals was the number one contender. Um, and you'd been to what you'd done one match before that Iron Fist, one or two?
2: I'd done. One, oh yeah, i have done one more. That was the uh, the infamous car journey. We'll get onto that after. But,
3: um. Yeah. Um, and so like Ryan was kind of had like had started out at Iron Fist. And the, the story was, was that the Coops and Chris Royals were going to have an impromptu match, and they were each allowed to find one ta- uh, one partner for it. Yeah. Uh, and Coops has obviously found the biggest guy he could find in Troy Ryan. And so Chris Royals had seen this, gone to the gym, and found the biggest guy that he could find, which was me. Uh, and the idea was, obviously, that I was a guy who'd never wrestled before, had uh, just been plucked from the gym to be a, a big dude. I did not get that over at all. Yeah, I was he had there- an excellent
2: headline. For a I was wrestler.
3: nervous as shit, as you can imagine. So you just go back to like the base, the fundamentals that you know. So we were there like I was meant to have never wrestled before. Me and Ryan go into it in a perfect, perfect collar and elbow, collar and elbow tie up, uh, <laughs> straight into the international headlock, send them off, leap, sleep, all that good stuff. Uh, and then it, was, it wasn't the after the match. I was like, yeah, we destroyed that gimmick within about seven seconds of that match. Don't, don't but forget- <laughs> <go> on. <laughs>
2: I was going to say, and don't forget your uh, your infamous first hot tag, Chris.
3: Where, uh, no. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to bring this no! up, I'm going to bring this. No. So uh,
2: Chris Royals. Um, uh, do, do you know him, Phil? Have you, have um, you yeah, he's like, he's been on
1: uh, one of our shows. Um, we like we used to do like a kind of a deal where we'd invite other promotions yeah. up to our digs. Uh, really nice guy. Just he's a
2: top, he's a top guy. He's, he's done an awful I mean, lot. Of yeah. I really like him, and he's um. Uh, obviously, he's gimmick as he's the Hatter, and he's a very, pow- uh, very proud traveler guy. And he has a flag yeah. that he comes out for his entrance. Um, and he left that flag in the corner. And I remember, so we beat him up, we beat him up, and we beat him up. And finally, he gets the tag. And Chris comes steaming in and just slips on this flag.
3: <laughs> I'm
0: like, oh, no. <laughs>
3: so the entire way down, I said to he them, like, the one thing I'm nervous about is getting in and out of the ring like it's my debut things will go wrong i'm not worried about that there might be a botch in there that kind of shit happens but all i want to do is get in and out of the ring smoothly because nothing makes you look more amateur than like tripping over the ropes or something like that big hot tag here i come and his pissing flag is in the corner where i am and as i step through the ropes it gets caught on my foot so as i put my foot down on the canvas it slips I don't quite go on to my, it's not quite a full front bump. I get my hands down and get up again and give what might be the shittest clothesline of all time to Troy. It's like a wet noodle slapping him somewhere around the space. Still bumped like a champ for it, don't get me wrong. But I was, I just, yeah, I, came, I remember just like the match finished and like, the, the match was fine. It was what you'd expect from a debutant and uh, a, a young, inexperienced wrestler. Um, we did, me and Chris Royals did probably the worst heart attack of all time as our finish. Uh, which, uh, you, did you You ate the pin on that one, didn't you, right? Yeah,
2: I did. Yeah, so, did. Chris's uh, first one actually got to pin me in the main event.
3: So.
2: I mean,
1: I'm not going to lie to you, James. I mean, I, when, I, when I kind of started this podcast, I, I predicted a few things that was going to happen, especially on today's show. But as I was even thinking of doing a podcast, at no point did I ever, ever think I'd hear the words, Hitted him with like a wet noodle around the face
3: it was it, yeah it was, it
1: was I, a, I just a yeah. yeah i mean it's a, it's a good job we kind of put like explicit warnings on this podcast because it, it could be construed as something <laughs> else but it's cool that's, it's cool we all fine but that's, that's a different
3: that's a different story for a different time
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that one for later in the show that's fine exactly so yeah Right. I,
2: mean, I, I just remember the the week before being one of the most oh, oh like the show before one of the most stressful experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. I, I've done one show at this point, and um, it was going to be uh, it was my debut at Iron Fist, and never been there before, never met anyone. I was driving the car. There was me, Cooper, uh, Connor, and Jack, and uh, we driving uh, down the mo like the motorway on the M6, and it just sounds like like a rocket hit the car. And it just to one side. And we're like, oh, what was that? And just sort of carrying on. Um, and then we see smoke coming out the back of my car. Oh, essentially what's happened is um, this car wasn't even very old, but it had been sort of customized without um, without my knowledge and that the axle was bent. So essentially the, the tire was so worn on the inside, it blew up on the motorway. And oh, I've, got, I've got half, uh, literally half the card in my car at this point. So we, we, we get, and there's, there's no hard shoulder at that point because of the road works as well. Yeah. So, so like we've caused this massive traffic jam, I was on the news and I'm over the other side of this barrier and we ended up getting towed to services and we're in Knutsford. And I just remember like just rolling into this garage and I just said to this guy like, please just fix my tire, I don't care what it costs, just as quickly as you can, whatever. And he was so snotty, he was awful with me. He was just like, sorry. And I was like, oh, you're going to be like that, aren't you? And we ended up uh, getting a new tyre fitted. And I, like, bombed it down to, it was Evesham. And we got there with about 10 minutes to spare. And it was, oh, honestly, like, to be fair, like, they were all so sound about it.
1: But yeah. like,
2: I, I'm done before I've even started. You know, I mean, I, I have one job, drivers there. The car's blown up, like, 15 minutes into this journey.
1: Well, let, let's be honest. So, obviously, Evesham's quite, I mean, that, it's quite a bit south of me in Stoke-on-Trent. Yeah. From, yeah. obviously, you guys up in Manchester down to Knutsford isn't that big of a jaunt, so you probably attempt for the way down to Evesham, yeah. and you, you you blow up on the motorway. I mean, do you look at that and think, could that have been an omen? Should we have just kind of said, <laughs> okay, Luke, we're done, we're done, that's it. That's it. The guy in the carriage
2: was like, you're not going to make your show, basically, and I was like, oh, my, God. you know, like, I've just balled this before we even started, but I remember like having to call most of the match, and it was actually quite a good experience in the end because most of the match was actually called in the ring. Um, I just remember that venue it was hilarious, that because it, it sort of backs onto um, a bit a bit like your venue that there's like a sort of bar next door and stuff. Yeah, uh, exactly. it's like a curtain, and I was waiting in my generic blue singlet to go out. I um, take a look to my right, and there's this old bloke playing on a fruit machine. And he's just sort of sipping his pint. He just turns around and looks at me. And I'm, I'm like, and I'm just about to walk out, just shakes his head disapprovingly and mouth. <laughs> and I'm like, right, this is what we're
1: doing. This is why I love working men's clubs. Now, I think working men's clubs in this country tend to get a bit of a bad rep. And I don't, I, yeah, I'm sure there's some old ones and there's some crap ones, the ones that need tearing down, all this sort of stuff. But... They've got character, at least, and wrestling's about character. So I kind of think wrestling and working men's clubs kind of go hand in hand in that respect. You get the kind of people in working men's clubs you don't get anywhere else in this world. I mean, um, there's several working men's Club, the uh, the venue that you guys had come down to uh, at the start of March. Now, they open their doors at half 11. There's no one in apart from the staff. Within two minutes, we get there, they're opening We've got all our merge boxes. We go walking in and there's a load of like uh, old fellas just sat there necking pirates at half 11 in the morning. Like, how do you even get in here and like have these many drinks beforehand? And they all talk to you in a way that you don't get spoken to anywhere else. It's such a strange, strange thing. But it, again, it, it's one of those it helps to shape you because they'll give you a look and just there's no preparing for that. Just go, oh wrestler are you, you go, yeah mate you come see the show later and with a straight face no. oh okay cheers that mate That's nice one Thanks. it's a very different crowd isn't it
2: like uh christy yeah the, ha- the halloween show we did
1: uh, oh
3: do that
2: was that was fantastic wasn't it
3: that was one of my favorite shows thing i've ever done just because so the idea of this show was it was a proper like it was a proper small show setup which was like um there's a couple of singles matches. Baddie gets involved. There's like a run-in. And then the goodie challenges the baddies to a tag team match at the end. And you kind got to get how it works.
2: It was a yeah, night yeah. on Elm street fight, I believe. That was it. Wasn't it, it
3: was. Yeah. It was a hardcore street. And so Ryan was having his match with... Who, you were against Jake, weren't you? Yeah,
2: Killian Jacobs, yeah.
3: Against the kill. It was good. Uh, so the, yeah, they're good singles match as well. Um, and it's, the idea is that you can't like... The whole gimmick of the match was that you couldn't kill the kill. So Ryan was sitting yeah. all these nonsense Ridiculous moves. moves. I, mean, I pounced him out the like, ring.
2: I, I shoulder pressed him above my head and threw him out the ring. This was, uh, yeah, it, like, was it was all his like idea. S-
3: I was like, you don't like have second match on the card or something like that.
2: Yeah, and he was all, yeah, he was like, can, can you lift me above your head? I'm like, I mean, yeah. And he was like, Can "You throw me out the ring," and I'm like, "Should I? You know, like this." <laughs> but yeah, it's your promotion. And if you want throwing out the ring, then yeah.
3: So this. they do this. They they go on and they go through. And Ryan's trying harder in order to kill him, and he's kicking out and he's kicking out. The big comeback comes on. He comes on strong. Ryan gets his big kick out, and then Jake, the face, goes off and gets a saw. And now, this is a legit <laughs> saw and holds it in the air over, the, uh, over Ryan, who's on his knees, essentially begging him what? not to murder him what with a saw. That? Now,
2: <laughs> the crowd gooing profusely at me, by the
3: way. Yeah, <laughs> I come out to stop this nonsense. Well, me, well, the baddie, comes out to stop this nonsense. And the crowd reacts by shouting, and I quote, verbatim, cut his fucking dick off.
1: <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> I was just like, what? What <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do? It. it was, it was honestly, right <laughs> it so great. It's a great crowd. We're it's a great promotion, it. but it's <sighs>
1: it's West. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just the idea of you coming out with a saw. I mean, that's uh,
2: wow. <laughs> yeah. So when you say there's characters, then there's, there's there's really characters. But we yeah, we loved doing them. And um, but yeah, that was an experience. I was like, what?
1: <laughs> I mean. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of like sort of take you back and I say, so obviously, when you started training, was yeah. it the Manchester Pro Wrestling Academy when you started, or was it still uh, part of Future Shock when you started? I've got my bearings right on that one.
2: Yeah, so it was, it was the future, yeah, future Shock Wrestling Academy um, when you yeah. started. Um, and then obviously, like Zander sort of expanded his horizons a bit and was affiliated with with other promotions and, and, yeah. and stuff like that. that that's what it was uh, when we started and uh, when we'd go down and help out the shows as, as well and that sort of thing I mean he
1: yeah. he must like he must look at you the way a lot of people look at you just and go yep it just makes sense you yeah, there's some you don't need to cram anything in there you don't need to explain anything you he, he must look at you to and just see like pound signs and punch of his eyes I mean yeah, I mean, was that the case early doors he like did he of it like we are going to put you two together it makes fucking sense
2: i'd actually say a little bit the opposite you know and to be honest oh quite, okay we're quite thankful for uh, like the approach that he took with us in that like you know if if um we it took us probably a year's worth of training uh, before we had done any shows at all and it was um and it was like a, a like a, a full academy based show was my first one and Chris, obviously yours, was, was, was down at Iron Fist, so that was obviously like a sort of proper promotional show. But, um, yeah, we trained for a long, long time uh, before we, we, we debuted. But um, I think in terms of, like, how Coop sort of trained us at the time and stuff, Chris and I, like, sort of respond quite well to it, being from, like, a sports background in that, you know, if you tell me to do this, I will just do this. You know, there's no, like, sort of overthinking. There's no... You know, but uh, if 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 I couldn't do something, I, I just the one that sticks out for me was I, I couldn't take an arm drag. I don't know why, but for a while I couldn't take an arm drag, and could maybe take 30 in a row. You know, and at the oh. time I absolutely despised them. I was like, wow, fuck's he making me, you know? But I could take an arm drag, you know, you know, and that's the thing is, is I think if we'd have, you know, like you like with that sort of mentality, as you said, you know, um, maybe we could, could have got put on shows too early. Because, um, you know, some of that we sort of pride ourselves on is, is being quite good workers and willing to take whatever move and, under, you know, understanding that sort of thing. And I think if we'd have got put on shows too early, we'd maybe have been a bit exposed in that in that sense that, you know, we'd not actually have the time under our belt of getting the reps in to, you know, be decent, basically, and not just have to rely on look.
3: Yeah, I think from, yeah, from what Ryan's like, because we both came from American football, where obviously it's like fundamentals are the biggest Part of American football, like you have the fundamentals drilled into you over and over and over and over again, um, and the, like, and it's it's not fun. It's not designed to be fun. It's designed to a make you as good as you can be, but b also so that you are safe. Because obviously, American football is a big contact sport. There are a lot of injuries, and there have been a lot of spinal injuries and head injuries from American football from people who do the fundamentals wrong. Um, yeah. So when we went to Coops, and again, Coops's style of coaching is drilling the fundamentals over and over and over and over again. So, like for us, from just what I can remember, it was months before we did like even the scoop slam. Like we did rolls and uh, and bumps and lockups and wrist locks and all that kind of stuff. I would say it was probably at least two months, probably close to three months, till we did a suplex and a scoop slam, which is just like and they're like dead simple, dead basic moves that everyone does. Which obviously, when you're if the focus of what you're looking for from training is that you want to have the fun aspect of it you're not going to enjoy that because, you know, you want to do cool stuff and you want to do arm drags and hip tosses and go off the top rope and all that kind of stuff. But for us, from the background we came from, we were like, this is fine. I completely get, I understand why I'm doing a wrist lock. I'm not enjoying doing a wrist lock for the 79th time in two weeks, but I understand why I need to do it. And I understand why I'm having to do a front roll again and again and again and again.
2: I think they, um, when you came down to watch us for the first time, Phil, like we, we, we didn't really do an awful lot extravagant. I think it was, we ran the international a few times and, you know, yeah. like basic and 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 did a couple of, you know, sort of heat beat down type, you know, beating each other up sort of things, but it wasn't any, you know, and that's the thing is, is, you know, we're, we're capable of more, could do fancy moves and flips or whatever, but, you know, like it, that, that's not what you saw. And, uh, but to be honest, we, like, I think we responded really well to that kind of training. Cause yeah, it's what we used to. And to be honest, I'm like appreciative of, of Cooper taking the time to to basically bother with us, you know, like of being of being asked. Of you know, I actually want them to be good, you know. So you know, I think it just we, that's how it kind of worked for us.
1: I mean, because I mean, obviously, so this would have been sort of two, three years ago when I started. Cause I mean, I started. I wanted to be a wrestler, and pretty soon, everyone that gets into this business wants to be a wrestler. Um, you know, like they, they might kind of. Go off to one side and end up doing refereeing or managing, announcing, whatever. I'd say the majority of people get into this business because they've seen wrestling on TV and they want they want to do this. And then for whatever reason, um, again, my training was very very similar to Xander Cooper, where it was dr- yeah, absolutely drilling into you the absolute. Basics I mean we had a thirteen foot ring, which you two would have had a fucking field day, and it trying to pounce someone <laughs> in a thirteen ring was crazy because um, like, if someone gets you in a Boston crab, the ropes are right there, so you have to kind of think outside the box to find reasons not to grab it or to not be able to fall on stretch because i 'm six yeah. and with my arms stretching out that 's a good seven or so foot,
0: you so need to think cre-
1: create yeah, you need to think kind of creatively, and my trainer was just very. At the time, I thought he was hard on me, but he wasn't. He was just installing the basics. We we just wanted to do cool stuff, like you said. We wanted to just jump off the top and do all these bits and pieces. And then our trainer got us doing like forty German suplexes with a punch bag, a really fucking heavy punch bag. And we were kind of there was like a noise that was given out from our from our class. So he's like, right, what we're we gonna do? You're gonna do with uh, five minutes. Uh, German suplexes and a 13-foot ring with this seven-foot-tall punch bag. And there's like a noise of, <sighs> and as soon as he recognized that noise, he's like, okay, like he knew what was going to happen. The first kid jumps in, uh, butchers grips rounds this um, this yeah, punching bag. German suplexes, eat. it clips the top rope. So he's at the floor. The punch bag's hit the top rope. He's kind of like taking a bit of a bump. The punch bag's bounced up then come back down and because he's looked fully up it's hit him in the face and popped his nose and we're, we're kind of like missing the beat the trainer was like and that's why we do the fundamentals so that your body knows muscle memory if you fall over when you're out on the town pissed and i have trained you well then your body will know how to bump or how to roll because of the fundamentals. Now, if you fall over or you get jumped or this sort of stuff, you're not going to bust out a stunner, but if you fall over or trip up in the street, chances are you're going to roll out of it because I'm going to drill the fucking fundamentals into you. Day in, day out, you're going to hate it, but it'll be exactly what you need. And I can't fault it for that. And it <laughs> kind of sounds like Cooper's style of training kind of follows that mentality of, just get it into the so that you can do it in your sleep. I mean, w- would that be a fair fair comment?
3: Yeah, 100%. 100%, percent I think the, certainly, especially early on, because his, his training setup has changed since we've come through the academy, if that makes sense, and that when we were going through it, it was just beginners, fundamentals, advance, and he's brought in intermediates just by that since then. Um, but for us, certainly through beginners and the majority of fundamentals, it was like every the start of every training session was you were doing cardio, you were doing rolls, you were doing bumps, you were doing all the basics over and over and over and over again. And then you'd get onto whatever the subject of the class was, if that makes sense. Yeah.
2: The infamous five by five as
3: well. Oh, I can go fuck
1: itself. Uh, <laughs> now, now, now
2: I'm going to have to ask
1: what's the infamous it's, five by five.
2: It's, it's like a... Basically, I remember one time that did a 10 by 10. And it's like a sort of like cardio sort of blowout drill, basically. Of, yeah. uh, you start off Irish whipping each other, but you keep holding your, each other's arm. And you do five each. And then you switch and do five each running the ropes. And then you do five leap sleeps. And then the other person does five leap sleeps. and then you do five yeah. up and overs in each corner. and uh, We well, and Chris used to get paired together to do it. And uh, I remember for ages you had them rubbish shoes. Like proper, yeah. what what those like rubbish like plimsolls you'd wear in like <laughs> primary school PE. And like, and they were like too big for him as well. And I remember we we're doing these like, he covered so much ground because he's doing these up and overs and running across the ring. But his legs are like candlesticks because he, he keeps slipping in these plimsolls. And he's like weaving them out. I'm like, what is happening here? Because uh, we we're knackered as well. And uh, he's got these rubbish shoes that have kept falling (laughs) over.
3: It was, I think it might have been the first or certainly one of the first times we went out to advanced. And Coops always does the same thing when he goes to advanced. It's quite often he'll bring in the five by five early because it is a really good blow up drill. And it also, the first time you do it, it will blow you out. It just will do. It's just one of those, it will blow you up. But it's a good uh, yardstick for like teaching yourself that even though you're tired, you can keep going and keep going and keep going. You pace yourself, you get it right, that kind of stuff. And I remember that session, and obviously, when you go into any wrestling school, you, you don't wear your outside shoes for wrestling. And I'd forgotten to take my wrestling trainers with me, so I was like, shit, I need to run to Asda, for some trainers. The only ones they had were these rubbish plimsolls. Now, I hadn't looked at them properly. They were like a tenner, uh, but there was no ankle support in them at all. Not even like trainer, low-cut ankle support. It literally went down to about an inch above the heel, essentially. Um, <laughs> so that like they were atrocious, and there was no like side of the foot support or anything. And I was so we had done the we had done the the the, the hold ons, or a five by five hold ons, and then five more. I'd done the leap sleeps, which is the bit that really blows you up because essentially like burpees on fucking seventeen white monsters over and over and over again. I got to the up and overs, so obviously like I'd whip I I I'd get whipped into the corner. I'd jump up. Ryan would go underneath me and I'd land down, but because there was no ankle support, I was landing and my ankles were twisting, like not in the, the case of like injury, but I was just rolling over my ankle. And so yeah. I had a turn, I'd then, I couldn't run in a straight line. I'd start diverting off to the ropes on one side and I'd then have to curl round. So rather than going back and forth, you know, 15 foot ring or whatever it is. And it's however that long that, that diagonal is, I was doing laps of the ring, essentially having to go up and over and up and over and up. And I, I've never, th- I, I honestly, and I remember Coop's afterwards, he looked at me and went, you're right? And I went, right, okay. after about three minutes, I've, I've nearly died. I went, yeah, these bloody shoes, he went, yeah, don't worry, you'll get better at them. I was like, I ain't getting better at <laughs> shit wearing these. These are going straight in a fire.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love- now, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to ask because obviously, uh, attire does come into wrestling quite a bit when you're on shows, if yeah, we we I'm sure we've all been on a show where we've looked at someone's uh, gear and it either stinks. Every, every locker room's got one. Yep. Um, but have you ever had this is like an infamous training school thing? So you obviously you've been with Cooper a good few years. Has anyone ever shown up to training on their first day where like with a, a wrestling belt over their shoulder, like a replica WWE belt over their shoulder?
2: We've not had that. Coop Coop has said that someone's turned up in full like this I think this was before our time that someone had yeah. turned the first beginner's session, like in like a singlet or something, like a full like wrestling gear. And he's had to be like, oh, you know, look, hang on a second here, mate. we we've not seen it first-hand, but like if you ask him, hundred percent yeah. it happen.
1: I don't mean, think anyone that shows up in like sort of wrestling gear is kind of jumping the gun, but I, I kind of at least I get where they're going. Yeah, like, you you can see his, like, aspirations now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're all wrestling fans. So, we turn up to training, and we've all got different ideas about what wrestling is. And I was talking to... It was either Ryan Myers or Matt Burns. I can't remember which one it was. We were discussing someone had showed up to a training class, and it was like they just mugged WWE EuroShop. I mean, they had... Like, it was like, a, like an Undertaker hat, a Triple H t-shirt, Steve Austin, trackies. He had a replica belt over his shoulders. He had sunglasses on indoors. I was like, oh, and you just, like, we're in a couple of training sessions. Even if you show up wearing a wrestling shirt, you kind of learn to not wear that shit. You start just wearing just gym gear, you know, unbranded t-shirts, whatever. You don't want to be the fan At training, you almost want to try to get away from that sort of thing. But this guy, he just came decked out. I think he had had, like the Hardy Boys necklace on over the top of his shirt. And we were all lined up. We'd all got there an hour before class because even though it started at 12, you get there an hour before to set the ring up and blah, 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 and put the mats out, whatever. And he showed up 12 on the dot and he walked in. And you could have like, it's just like sucked all the air in out the room because we all knew what was going to happen. Like, the trainer wasn't going to say it, but he was going to blow him up to the fucking point he was never going to come back or at least throw his guts up, which it kind of happened every so often. Yeah, people throwing their guts up, I think, is part of wrestling training. If you've ever seen the Louis Farouk documentary, you're going to be sick at some point or another. And this guy, with about seven to ten minutes, he had four cans of Monster rather than a bottle of water with him. And again, it's oh mate and just it's one of those things where we should have said no 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 dude dude go back out go back out take all that shit off and come back in but we couldn't do it he got clocked he got blown up and i don't think i ever saw him again
2: the best one of them i think was uh, i remember jack telling me so our jack he he helps coops out with the um with, with some of the beginners classes and things like that yeah and um he was saying that someone had turned up in uh it was like a Seth Rollins t-shirt, you know, fair enough, but kept calling him Tyler Black. And
0: it's oh. like,
2: wearing the shirt, mate. You
0: know,
2: like, but I like just would, would refuse to call him by his WWE name and stuff. It's just like, ooh.
1: Oh, dear <laughs> like, God. I mean, the I mean,
2: example of that, I could, I could think of like first
1: time. Let's be honest there. Like, it's, it's a difficult business to lose because no one really teaches you everything. They kind of want to show you a few things And then they kind of want to release you out into the wild, like Mowgli from the Jungle Book, and say, "All right, good luck." Because that's probably the best way to learn, and probably the better way to weed out people that are in this business probably for the wrong reasons. I mean, feel free to to shoot me down if that sounds wrong. But some people want to get into this business to be famous, which I don't, think that's particularly good. uh, Good reason. Uh, Some people want again because they want to learn stunners, they want to learn RKO's, and that's not what training is at all i mean i'm sure there's some schools around the around the uk and around the world that teach that stuff but it's oh, fucking hell i mean faux pas it's part and parcel of this business i mean that guy got beasted um anyone that ever showed up late got made to to run on a treadmill wearing backpacks full of uh, full of weights and all yeah, all this sort of stuff now, have you guys, not saying to you that have you ever pranked anyone on that level but have you ever been a part of either a ribbon or
3: part of a faux pas of any kind I, so, I'm going to let Ryan tell the story first because I know exactly what story is I've, I've, I've
2: been on the end of a real ribbon yeah, that's, um, yeah this. I feel such an idiot for not getting this as well but it was just superb so again Iron Fist Classic. Anything bad happens at Iron Fist, and um, it was the fourth of May, so Star Wars Day. Uh, again, Chris Royals, if you're listening, you again, but um, uh, he he loves Star Wars, so he was doing a Star Wars theme show, and uh, and I was tagging with Jack that day, and it was going to be um, myself and Jack, uh, and we bought like um, you know bounty, Star Wars bounty hunter masks and stuff because. We look, any, any sort of theme that we do, you know. We love getting involved and that sort of thing. And uh, so we bought Star Wars bounty hunter masks, and he was going to be um, Chris Solo for the night. And he, <laughs> and he was and he was tagging with Chewbacca. And so, but we didn't know who Chewbacca was. But on the way down, Coop's like, "Look, lads," he was like, "I'm not going to lie, um, Royals has just got his mate in to be Chewbacca. He's found he's one of his mates has got a Chewbacca suit, and like he's he's going to be wrestling you so." he's like, I know it's not ideal, but this guy's like never worked before, so we'll just keep him out the ring, and you know, try to have a good match around him and stuff, but he's dead protective over this costume, he didn't want anyone else in it, it's like, we've tried and stuff so just, i was out of the car down, I'm like, fucking like, this is, it's is gonna be rubbish this, Um we, we planned this match and ch- so this guy comes in, he's, he's Chewbacca and he's got this, like, dead weird, like, accent. I couldn't quite work out where he was from. He's just like, oh, hey, guys, and stuff. We're like, right, okay. And so we're planning this match for Chris Royals. And basically, Chewie's at the start of the match, and he does, like, whatever crowd work and stuff. And then the whole match is just us wrestling Chris. Until yeah. the hot tag where Chewbacca's coming in, he's, he's going to he's gonna give us a clothesline, a clothesline, a chokeslam, and that's it. So I'm there saying to he wouldn't take the mask off. It was dead weird. He wouldn't take the mask off. And so I was teaching him how to throw a line. So like, oh, you know, punch past that. I was like, honestly, don't worry about hurting me. Just, you know, hit me as hard as you can. And then for the choke some I was like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll grip your wrist when I'm ready to jump and you just follow me down and stuff. And I remember like, we tried to be as nice as we could. Like, are you, are you all right about everything? Are you nervous? It'll be okay, sort of thing. And I just remember like, because we were on like third, I think. And they had like a TV in the back so you could watch the rest of the show. And Chewbacca's just sat there, like with his mascot. Like he never took it off watching the telly, and Jack's like, nudges me, he's like, a bit weird, isn't he? And I was like, yeah, yeah it is a bit, like, just won't take the mask off, it's, it's mad? So anyway, we go out and we, and we do the match, and it, it's all fine, like it's going all right. And then I remember I took like a tornado DDT uh, from Chris Royals, and so tag, tag, we make the hot tag. Chewbacca vaults into the ring, executes a perfect drop kick on Jack. And I just stand up and I'm like, what's happening here? Uh, and I'm getting hit in the corner. And I'm like, I'll see if I can send you a picture of it after this. And he's just punching me in the corner. And I'm not selling it because I'm so shocked. I'm like, what's just happened? This non-wrestler has vaulted in the ring and drop kicked my tag partner. And then he's there going, cut me off, cut me off. And I'm like,
0: oh. So
2: like, I hit him. And then uh, we, you know, we finish the match. He does these good moves. He slams me perfectly. And he throws these lines. And I'm like, what the hell has happened here? And we get back takes the mask off it's cooper the whole time like, <laughs> absolute bastard. like yeah and i did think it was weird like and he was like how was like, i was wearing my boots how did you not tell and i don't like, but yeah so the whole time i was just under the impression and i'm there so the guy who's coached me and taught me everything i'm in the back like an idiot going this is how you throw a clothesline like you know, <laughs> like, uh, and he was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm glad you weren't an asshole about it. You're pretty nice, actually. You know, you <laughs> could he, be all right, mate. Like you know, if you're nervous and stuff." It was Coop the whole time. He just absolutely rinsed us.
1: Uh, like hats off to Coop for keeping a straight face. I know under a mask, whatever, but like I, I'd be giggling like a little girl under that mask. Like
2: his mask nearly fell off well he vaults in and does this drop kick and he has to pull it back <laughs> like, cause he was like, that, that suit was not designed for Koop style of wrestling don't think. but uh, I like, oh, absolutely did it and um, I can't believe I fell for it
3: so Ryan was telling me about this and I remember thinking like, you know when someone tells a story you're like oh yeah that's funny but you're, I'm sure you're exaggerating you're, like, I'm sure you weren't no-selling these punches You just, like, just in your head you were thinking and then the match got uploaded to YouTube so I watched it <laughs> And he's legit just stood Wait, there getting punched. Like, <laughs> he's not even looking at Cooper, who's oh hitting him no or. Like, he's just That's looking up happening. into the distance, trying to figure out what's happening. Just stood there in utter confusion.
1: <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, we are going to get into, uh, obviously, what, what we're here for. We're going to talk about synergy, and we are going to talk about the super athletes as well. Before we get into the synergy part... Um, we're gonna take a little, little sort of deviation. We're gonna chuck you both uh, a little bit of a curveball. We're gonna play a little round of Room One and One. I know you both seeing the show. You've yeah, been yeah. in this business two, three, four years now. I know you both love it. Like I know you do, but I know there's also stuff that's gonna be getting on your fucking tits. It does with us all. It does with me. it Does with my DJ Chris. It does with whoever, whatever. There's just stuff about this business that you can't prepare for and it'll properly wind you up. Now, to make things a little bit interesting, I'm gonna ask you both to present a case for something you would love to put into Room 101 to banish forever, but seeing as there's two of you, I am only going to put one of these in. So you need to really make a really good case for whatever it is that you wanna put in, so take it away, gents, whoever's first.
2: Age before beauty then,
3: Chris. Go on, you first. mate. Oh, right. So, mine, obviously, So I will just give the back story of mine. Like, tag team wrestling is my thing. Like, in wrestling, that is what I am all about. I am all about tag team wrestling. Like, back in the days when it was, um, like, is it, were you Rock or you Austin? For me, it was, you were either Dudley's, um, the Hardy Boys, or you Edge and Christian. That was, like, my thing. I didn't really, I wasn't asked about Stone Cold or The Rock. Obviously, I enjoyed their stuff, but it was all about tag team wrestling for me. So what I want to put into Room 101 is there's actually two things I'm combining together and they make a tag team together. Is The two things are tag teams that are the combination of two individual wrestlers' names, for example, Jerry Show, and then also the comp- when people combine two single wrestlers' musics together, because it's just naff. Like the, the weird combinations that just do not work. If you're going to create a tag team, even if you're creating them out of two single wrestlers, if you're creating a tag team, make them a fucking tag team. Give them their own music, however you want to do it. I don't mind if you just pick one of their musics and go with it, or if you give them their own, like, what's the word, bespoke music. Give them a name, but don't just, like, pop out and be like, ah, oh, it's Jericho, and then take the intro for one person's music, slap the other person's music on the end of it, and be like, yep, job done. If you're going to do a tag team, give them an actual fucking basis to work from and get that over, rather than just a half-assed effort at it. That is my entry for Room One Hundred and One.
1: Wow. Okay, uh, Troy Ryan, over to you.
2: We, we rant about that in the car all the time as well. <laughs> 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 I hate the music. Like, yeah. Yeah, not, I hate it. Yeah. Not sure. There's um. Oh yeah, it's just rubbish, isn't it? I went to um, um, the WWE show last year. And the worst one, I, there's one exception, there's one exception to that, and that is Rated RKO. They are, they are, their mesh of their theme was great. I think it's because it's two great songs, but that actually went together really well. Um, but yeah, no, I actually quite agree with you on that. Ah, um, oh, that was probably going to be mine. But um, just generically, I, it's, it's a bit of a broad one, but I'm going to say Wrestling Twitter. Uh, is going in, is going in room 101. There's a lot of good things that hap- happen happen on, on wrestling Twitter. you know like uh, we're, we're, we're quite a part of it and we enjoy you know any show we're on, we'll retweet and we'll promote and we'll do our silly videos for and stuff like that. But there's just a few tropes I think on of wrestling Twitter um, that I think uh, we, we could we could probably do without um, you know, I, I feel a lot of the time that it could be a little bit self-serving, a little bit disingenuous. Uh, and I feel uh, people sort of, um, you know, are only really sort of bothered about stuff at times if if it directly benefits them, um, you know. And people that are appearing on shows and, and not promoting those shows as well. And like I said, there's a lot of good uh, that happens on wrestling Twitter, and we enjoy it. But for the most part, a lot of it just does my head in, and <laughs> I might have to take a little bit of time off. <laughs> okay.
3: I will. So I'm actually I'm going to. Help shoot myself in the foot and, and further on to Ryan's cause on this one, which is I think a lot of the time. So if like if fans are going to be shit houses on Twitter, they're going to be shit houses on Twitter, and like generally they're doing it because they are shit houses. And honestly, do you? I don't care if that's what you need to get attention. That's fine. But like for wrestlers and promotions, we always forget. Like the whole point of being a wrestler is to put the other person over. Like you go yeah. into a ring. Me and Ryan go into a ring. It's our job to make the other tag team look shit hot. That is our job. And it's their job to make us look shit hot. And I apologize to them because they have to work fucking hard to make us look good. <laughs> but we get out of the ring. We get on Twitter and we forget all that shit. And like Ryan say, it becomes very self-serving. And we stop, like, trying to make everyone look fucking good, which makes the business look good, which makes shows look good, which means we sell more tickets. I'm turning into coops now, and I apologize. We sell more tickets. We sell more merch. We all make more money, and everyone's more fucking happy.
1: Right, OK. So I'm going to, I'm going to try and pick, um, pick at both of them. Because, I mean, they're both very, very good points, and I would love to put both of them in there because they are two things I do genuinely fucking hate. I mean, for me, hearing um, Cesaro and Sheamus' music where it blends from one to the other, it just... Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of in the same sort of thought process. of If you're going to be a team, be a team. Even... Like, just commit. Whatever you're going to do, just fucking commit. Don't do a half-assed, because it just sounds like...
2: So, so just on that just, as well, actually, like, um, when they do the... Again, furthering Chris's cause a little bit, there's um, when they do those, it works every now and again when they have, like, the champion and the number one contender or an unlikely tag team winning, winning the belts, but they, they do it so often now, where they just pair two singles wrestlers together. Yeah. And that, like, so it used to be back in the day that you'd expect... The Dudley Boys to beat Rock and Austin because Rock and Austin were a team, even though individually they're much better wrestlers. Because yeah. that team, different sort of, a different beast entirely. You'd still expect the Dudley Boys to win. Whereas now it doesn't seem to be that way. That we just put any two people together, if they're, you know, high and, on the card.
1: Yeah, if I think, I think sort of case in point. If you look at the last, um, uh, what's called on on NXT, the 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 Dusty Cup, the tag team tournament, like. Um, Big, big percentage of them guys. Oh, he is uh, like Pete, John, and Matt Riddle, and I get it. But yeah, I am kind of of that sort of mentality of: should we invest in actual tag teams, or just want to just keep? Oh, are they doing it to just chuck stuff at the wall to see what works? I mean, would you say that that would be the reason why they're doing it, or is
3: it? Well, like the one for me was even recently on. I think it was Raw was obviously you've got Seth Rollins with his faction. You had the Authors of Pain as part of his faction, the tag team, the shit-hot, dead-good, very like very talented awesome. tag team, massive hosses. And then you had, obviously, you had Buddy Murphy and you had Seth Rollins. And they put the tag belts on Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. And I was like, why, why put the belts? If, you're gonna, if you want the faction to have the belts, because just having Seth, Seth Rollins is the leader of that faction. So we put the tag belts on Authors of Pain. Seth Rollins was elevated with it. Not that he needs the elevation, but you get what I mean. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, it minimizes the import, in my opinion, it minimizes the importance of tag team wrestling to have opportunities where you can put the belts on a tag team, but instead you put them on two singles wrestlers just because, as Ryan was saying, one of them or both of them are just higher up the card.
1: Hmm. Well, it's a very valid point. And even though I, am gonna, I do agree with your point, I'm going to have to obviously be a little bit biased and kind of shit on your chips a little bit is it not a sign of the times that for the most part it kind of feels like people want either singles or singles with gimmicks doesn't seem to be too much attention to tags so the crowd has fallen out of love with it and because the crowd has fallen out of love with it there's no emphasis put on it it's just a vicious cycle so is it not a case of trying to recreate a wheel rather than going Back to the '60s, '70s, and '80s. Uh,
3: yeah, I think I think the the cause of I, I don't want to say the decline of tag team wrestling because like you look at the last twelve months and there's been just inc- like some incredible tag team wrestling. Like you look at I mean, you can look at obviously the revival at the moment is like the the, the hot kind of uh, tag team at the moment or FTR or whatever they're called now. But obviously, there's like the Young Bucks and you've got DIY and the whole thing that they've gone through in the last forty-eight months or whatever it is now. Um, Plus, obviously, things like The New Day are ridiculous. One of the best of all time. The Usos. Like, The Bar going to Sheamus and Cesaro and all that kind of lot. I do agree. I think that because, I mean, the obvious example is Braun Strowman and fucking whatever that seven-year-old was called uh, winning the tag belts. Was it WrestleMania? Nicholas. Nicholas. (laughs) Fucking Nicholas. Um, Like, there is, like, tag wrestling isn't what it used to be because it's not getting its opportunity to shine. But then you look at things like like when, when tag wrestling is really good, it's so fucking good. Like, it's so, so good.
2: American Alpha um, and
3: the Revival. That America, oh, incredible. my God, American incredible. Alpha.
2: Incredible. But if you think about it, in, in sort of a 20-year span, we've gone from having TLC, TLC2, or whatever, Wrestlemania, and then Braun Strowman and Nicholas beating Shadis and Cesaro. So if you look at that sort of where the tag team has been positioned, that's kind of what we've gone from, I suppose, over, over a period of time. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm going I'm, I'm to come back to obviously I've kind of uh, agreed and shit on uh, yeah, Anderson's sort of chips. I am, like, I fucking hate Twitter. Like, I very, <laughs> I don't, I don't read, like, I don't read it. I, I post my stuff. If, like, I don't, you know, um, YouTube kind of, like, tag me and stuff quite often. It'll be Scott Steiner videos or, you know, just funny, funny stuff. <laughs> And, like, I'll look at that and respond and whatever. But I don't read it. I just think it's toxic. I just can't read it. And for me, it's, it, I don't care who's saying it to every Twitter, an indie show in front of 20 people, or it's on WWE, AEW, whatever. As soon as someone on TV or on a show says, Are you sh- uh, chatting shit about me on Twitter? Oh, my God. Like, I don't care. Who does care? I don't That's- give a flying fuck.
2: There's a bit of a blurred line as well because um, like, is it, is someone tweeting in character? Is someone not tweeting in character? That's very difficult to... Just
1: cringe with the whether it's in character whether it's real, whether it's like a blend of the two I don't think like chatting shit over social media it doesn't make you look hard it, it it's a lose-lose situation it's just oh just don't fucking do it you remember what it is
2: right essentially it, it's 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 a marketing tool essentially yeah and and, and that's it and I, I i think people kind of overuse it for, for for what it is and um but yeah like that's what i mean is is often people are like oh well I, I was tweeting in character or i was not tweeting in if we just had like a sort of set of right this is what this is what it is i think it'd be all right but it's yeah. open to interpretation from other people and, and and people jump on a on 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 whatever i suppose um yeah,
1: yeah. And I, i'm ve- like i'm not gonna lie to it i am very very torn between these two because it, it is two that i do honestly hand on heart agree with i fucking hate you know, social media at the best of times especially now i mean obviously now that the world's ending soon so fucking hate it anyway um, but I do also fucking hate that you know, teams uh, aren't teams, now I'm to a point I've been a bit guilty of that before in the past I mean we've kind of put two guys together and tried to create a team but we've given them you know, music together We've yeah, I've gone and got them t-shirts with a name like I want to do, even if it doesn't work at least I want to say I've given it my all um, but I do fucking hate online trolls and twitter and that sort of stuff the only this I'm kind of narked about, is when you were listing all those great tag teams from the 90s, you didn't mention Too Cool? Uh,
3: yeah, obviously. I mean, that goes <laughs> without saying, doesn't it? That um, doesn't need saying. I didn't t- did I mention American Males, the greatest tag, the greatest team, tag team of all time? All time. <laughs> no, because it doesn't need saying. <sighs> let me think, let me think. By the way, if you're watching this and you have the network, go back and watch American Males versus Arn Anderson and Ric Flair from 97, I think. And it's the best tag team match you'll ever see in your life. Bye, man. I,
1: I am slowly working my way through. I, I never got WCW when I was a kid. So I am slow. Like, it's old, but it's new. It's fucking brilliant. i yeah. are doing exactly the same. Yeah.
2: Uh, um, cool.
1: um, Hmm. I, I think I know which one I'm, I'm going to put into room one and one, or on which one we're going to keep. I'm just going to, going to confirm with my uh, with my producer and editor, Mister Money Penny himself, Mister Valmer from Scooby Doo. Uh, Mister Chris Strawn, uh, would you like to give us your votes sir? I know the podcast listeners can't see you, but uh, do you want to I give, give us a little? Me. <laughs> hear me. Because
0: what you the can't hell?
1: See me anyway. Can't hear me. Go on, ch- chime in. Which one made the best case?
0: I I sort of like the whole the bars intro so I'm, I'd go with the Twitter Twitter's quite vitriolic um, it's a bad example to use but if you've seen recently on Twitter that uh, clutch Adams case where he was at his dark match removed you go through the guy who put pitched that to Cody he's not an AW fan at all like he actively hates AW Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's a fair point to make those comments that Clutch Adams shouldn't have made those comments at all and bring them to light. But at the same time, don't slag off the company.
1: You made this very, very difficult, Chris, (laughs) because I I was very, very set. So, you want to put Troy Ryan's in, so Twitter trolls and that sort of thing. Yeah. Because I was kind of really set on putting uh, teams that aren't really teams in. So now, we're kind of
0: stuck. Teams <laughs> well, what? Teams you've got? You've got like the Rock and Sock connection, which they aren't. Ah, they weren't. You. <laughs> They're iconic <laughs> as well. They weren't great. And you've got TLC three, which was Ben Warren, uh, Jericho. I
1: really thought you were going to back me up on this. What a shit house! <laughs>
2: <laughs> get him on mute. Get him on mute. <laughs> yeah.
1: Chris, get back on mute. Get back this is why I stay unheard. <laughs> So ladies and gents Going going into Room 101 It is uh, (laughs) wrestling's obsession With Twitter and everything Twitter trolling and all that sort of thing So Mr. Uh, Anderson Daniels You are going to have to unfortunately keep Teams that aren't really teams As we wave goodbye To Twitter and troll
3: Twitterers Synergy is dead
1: Ah, well, that's a very, very good segue, because this part, I want to talk about the, uh, the present. If you talk about the past, I want to talk about the present. How in the bloody hell did Synergy come around? Because I, everyone I speak to, and I'm going to have to blow a bit of smoke up both of your arses, and I apologise. I think you're going to take it and whatever. Synergy are very, very, very hot. The, the hot commodities at the minute. Uh, Matt Burns, UKWA, he absolutely loves you. Uh, Mad Dog Mark Angus absolutely loves you every you're just kind of impressing everyone up and down the uk at the minute i mean how did synergy come about and why is it working
2: well that's really nice to start with Thank you. <laughs> um, i think most of it was um sort of thought up in the mcdonald's next to max jim next to you <laughs>
3: <laughs> i i was, see i was trying to think about this the other day i had no so we i remember me and ryan very early on talked about doing a tag team together like and i can't remember what it was it was dead i think our original name was the all-star aces yeah Um, that was our original
2: it's essentially super athletes before super athletes really it it was
3: very very much um and then because obviously there's so there's me and ryan in synergy but the synergy faction also has jack uh jack roberts and it has keenan now, I will, I'm will. i going to take this moment to put those two over as much as I can do, because Jack might be the best fucking out-and-out wrestler just fucking around. <laughs> like, he's, he's so fucking... If you ever get a chance to watch his matches, um, I'm sure there'll be someone the Manchester ProRes uh, YouTube at some point. He's dead fucking good. Keenan is nonsense good. Like, just a bit... You talk about fucking the ceiling that someone has. How old is he, what, 20, 21 now? No, he's,
2: I think he's 20... Oh, did 20. He, did he just turned 21.
3: Either way. God, no. Either way, he's too young and he's disgustingly talented, and I ate him. A fair
2: um, to, He had a horrible. So, he? He yeah, he, thing. He, he blew
3: his knee out uh, 20. It, yeah. yeah, 1920 blew his knee out. Like when I was that age, I'll be completely honest. If I'd had, had that injury, I'd have sacked it off. I just wouldn't because other things would have come a priority over that month. He just, like, the whole time, he was just working back to being back wrestling again. That all it, that's all it was. Everything was going back to being back wrestling. Uh, he's been training. He goes to Union London. He's been training at the London School of Lucha or London Lucha School or whatever. I don't know. You get it. Uh, he's worked their shows a couple of times. He was working with, uh, who's the guy, the British guy AEW signed?
2: Anthony Aguilar.
3: He's been training the anti-gogo. He, like, he's, just, he's just shit hot. He's just dead good. If you, whoever's listening, book him. He's just good. <laughs> just book him. He's dead but, good. So, um, but I, I, all four of us, I think, have been sat at McDonald's a lot. And we were putting together like ideas for this faction. And it was never an idea. The, the point never was we wanted places to book all four of us together. Because that's just not how it works. Like, for us to, to take four spots on a roster in the real world, in real world wrestling... Chances are it's not going to happen. And we fully appreciated that. For all of us, it was more a case of we also have the real world outside of wrestling, which means yeah. that not all of us can handle every little bit within wrestling. So for like, if it, if it was just me and I wanted to push myself as much as possible, as we were saying, no, I don't have to do it anymore because obviously wrestling Twitter's in the bin. But like, you've got your social media stuff you have to handle, like your marketing stuff, like getting yourself out there, your wrestling CVs going to shows, getting to shows, all this kind of shit that, like, it's not just training and then working. There's a lot of other stuff that comes with being a wrestler. And, like, for me personally, like, I've got a wife, I've got a mortgage, I've got a full-time job, I've got all that kind of other stuff on the side. I've got, a, in my life, I don't have time to do all that stuff. And then, obviously, Ryan did the same, he's got his career, all well, that kind of stuff. He doesn't have the time to do that kind of stuff.
2: He I'm lives on his own. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, same, with Jack, same with Jack,
2: it's like the promos, we've, we've, Chris is sickeningly grown-up.
3: <laughs> but we, um, what we can do is we all have our little like bits that we're all very good at individually, and when we combine those all together, we work fucking well as a team. So our yeah. point with this, this faction was, it's you know Anderson, Daniels, and Troy Ryan representing Synergy, or Jack Roberts representing Synergy, or Keenan and Troy Ryan, or whatever it is. Like In the same way that uh, before NXT UK, um, what was it fucking called? Uh, Imperium before it was Imperium. What the fuck were they called? Uh, you know what I mean. Like they weren't. You didn't have to have the whole faction within a show, but it was Volta of X and Y. Um, yeah. So that's like that's how it started.
2: It's kind of more like um, like sort of how you get in the, in the Japanese wrestling. You know, like you got your Suzuki Guns and you Chaos and stuff like that. And it's you know as as Chris said, like you know, I'd love to just spend every weekend. You know, helping out at a show and stuff like that, but it's not, we're not always able to sort of do that yeah. as, much as, we, as much as we'd like to. And um, I think like the, the, the sort of original plan as well was because, like, with Niz when he got injured, or Keenan, I should say, he's, um, we wanted to kind of ease him back into it. Um, yeah. So he, when he first started, he was um, not, I wouldn't say like a manager's role and stuff like that, but he, he, he could come to shows, he could get experience and things like that and then um, he could still be a part of it despite the fact that he was injured Um, and we've actually like played on that in storylines and stuff as well but I think when we first first came up with it it was when um, Cooper was just affiliated with Future Shock so that was essentially like how it worked with the guys before uh, that that sort of like graduated as it were before us they would debut on Future Shock so we kind of had that in mind of um, that we'd sort of start um, maybe as a team and then Niz had this angle about being injured and um, being behind some of the other lads and stuff like that and, and a heel turn and stuff so that was the whole original plan sort of back then but then you know as, as we started to work in other places and stuff like that we just kind of thought you know it's it sort of like you said belong, belonging to a faction but we could do it in different combinations and stuff like granted yeah. Chris and I tend to wrestle together most of the time you know but you know well capable and happy with putting on a match with, with any of the other lads as well
1: I mean, you you have like I mean, I've kind of found that with um, you kind of making making teams into trios. If I mean, chances are you, you you've been at plenty of shows where someone's late, someone's no show, someone's injured, any one of a number of things. You know, uh, I've been at shows where won't well, name no names but one member of said, you know, said team has asked for more like for I think it was like double their wage on the day and the promoter says you don't do this on the day and then sack that person off and told them to get out their venue and then they do have to go and it's like well they were part of her I think it's part of a trio but luckily they've got that second person to jump in and they're you know in mean? so it does give that three bird rule or is your case maybe a four, four bird rule does that is that a thing yeah
2: sure that's a thing it is yeah,
1: now. It. now okay I, if, if it's not been before i'm claiming that shit i want royalties <laughs> i know little does like a four bird roast at christmas but i'm claiming that <laughs> yeah. shit um like it, it does make things easier yeah especially from on the promoter's end Yeah, you know, from my end looking on if if i'm booking um you know two of, two of synergy and one of you, you know, breaks an ankle or whatever Rather than scrapping the entire team, it just makes sense to go. Well, we've got two other guys we could slot in. Makes it fucking easier. Cool. We still got the original idea. Different, different people, but it just makes it more viable. It gives the promoter a lot more options. It gives a lot more scope. And it kind of shows that together is stronger. You, even if you can't get all four of you on a card, you can still, you've got some uh, momentum. You've got each other's backs. And it just makes things fucking easier.
3: I think as well because we've we've worked all of we all of us have worked together in a tag team before as well. Like let's say there was for whatever reason if me and Ryan were booked for a show and for whatever reason one of us had to drop out last minute, whether that be injury or whoever gives a fuck, like the whoever or one of the other boys jumped in, that we already have that like natural chemistry as a tag team. So we can work a tag match and look like a tag team rather than being on the day being like, well, you know, I do this and you do this, so why don't I do my one first? I'll do a super kick first and then you can do your DDT or whatever, and we'll call that a double team. Like we yeah. have, there is a natural chemistry that's been built up because we have worked together as a tag team.
1: I, I kind of, um, like, no one else would know this, and hopefully um, Jack doesn't think this. But last time I was at the Manchester Press and Academy, um, I think I, was t- I, was t- I spoke to yourselves before the show, and obviously we'll get onto the super athletes' idea. Um, after we've got the the game shot. So obviously that goes into the sort of future anyway, so obviously we'll come back to that bit. But I've sat around and I was looking at Keenan, and he'd he'd already come down to my show a few months prior, helping out whatever he could do. And he's obviously you know him better than I do, but he's a bloody nice guy, works his arse off, and he's just got something about him. Like I, I put a post up about him a couple of weeks ago. He's just got an it factor that I can't put into words. I just can't do it for every reason. So I, I spoke to YouTube, I spoke to him, and I didn't speak to Jack because I hadn't seen all that much of him. And I felt bad because I didn't have anything to give him. But sometimes I've just got to like sit with a talent and just think about it. And obviously stroke my little you know, bum chin and come up with an idea or whatever. And I was... Yeah, I, I did feel bad. But the amount of people that say, seriously, check him out. He, he's definitely one to watch. He's got an almost... On Anderson kind of approach, yeah. where he's not necessarily the the loudest of the team, but he's got that workhorse kind of vibe to him. Um, yeah, I think Keenan's definitely the the team's uh, heater. He's just got that naturally get under your skin kind of vibe to. Him whenever I've seen him, when he um,
2: steps man. Oh, like I was, I I, 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 we're doing a spot and I've. I've and and, uh, the lad we were wrestling his sister had come with a sign for him and I've got him in an arm bar and we're talking shit and stuff she grabs her sign off her and steps on it and I was like oh my god it was a bit that, oh, it was great. Like, oh god, they hated him. They absolutely hated him. There's this picture that Tony Knox took of him just stamping on this poor girl's side, and it was just. But yeah, that's that's his job, you know. And he yeah. knows how to do it. He's been, well, he's I mean, been very well trained. So
1: hell. obviously, you're all really good friends. You're all, you know, teammates. You're brothers for for you know, for want of be a better word. Okay. I can can you be objective with each other? So say, if so obviously if we use you two as an example, obviously we'll, we'll leave Keenan and Jack out for time being. So uh, obviously with you, Chris, um, if you know, Ryan was doing something that really didn't make sense, it was kind of pissing you off, something like that, could you be really honestly objective and say, mate, for me, please just take a little, take a second. We need to address this. Or is, is I, I'm i trying to say this, are you too close to be that objective, or no, is it still that spectrum where you can go, look, this doesn't make fucking sense. We need to stop this.
3: So I think I, I, we can do it with all four of us, but especially for me and Ryan as well. And again, it comes back to this American football thing. Like there is the number of times having played the American football beforehand where you, you like it, something works, or
2: we lost it... him.
1: I think we have lost him.
2: No worries, but yeah, I suppose I'll pick up on that then. But like, that... Uh,
1: and, and that... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking a print screen of the face, that, that he's pulling on uh, on the screen at the minute because he's going to hate us for that. <laughs>
2: no, we're, we're quite, we're, we're especially like Chris and I, we're, we're pretty good with that sort of thing, like um, with with double teams that don't work or do work. And um, uh, you, can you hear me? Oh, he's back. Oh,
3: he's okay? back. Was, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, my connection dropped out for a second. I don't know why. Um, we're, 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 we're keeping that
1: in and we we got some uh we got like some screenshots of your face because it pulls on your face it was pretty fucking funny
3: i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> that was your amusement for all of you um so, go on ryan i think yes, ryan's so, right ryan start so. go on ryan you're talking
2: about football mate if something doesn't work
3: was, so, yeah uh, let me let me find a good spot to start from again so yeah so coming from football um where like if something's working or doesn't work you have to have that honesty to be like no this isn't working let's do something else and me and Ryan have like either through like our experiences when we're we're planning beforehand and we've said like no that's not going to work this won't work for this reason or after a match where we've been like you know what that was a bit shit like we have the confidence to say like no it doesn't work let's not do that again and like we I think me and Ryan especially with each other we have to we are very aware that actually in the grand scheme of things we've not been wrestling that long um so we understand that we are there is a like a a large degree of learning on the job on this um and you figure out like you have these like brilliant ideas that when you do them you're like no that was crap don't ever do that again um but we we, yeah we we have we have had the conversations before like and like sometimes it does make like planning and stuff difficult because you get, like, I've had it before, I've had an idea in my head that I'm so fixated on, this is it, and it's the fucking mut nuts. And then Ryan will say to me, like, no, it's shit because of this, this, and this. And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right.
2: It stands out for me, I think, as well. was, um, and, and as well, it was a real, for me, the biggest learning curve was, and Coop's always said it to me, is just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Yeah, yeah. And I think when we, uh, it was our Future Shock uh, debut uh, against Luke and Ethan, who were uh, ridiculous for Absolutely ridiculously good, and we went in and we had all these ideas. And oh, I was going to do this like ridiculous flip or something. And you know, we'll do tandem deadlift power bombs and we'll do all this, this, and this. And we didn't end up doing any of it, but we didn't need to. And you know, like, and they made a really good point, and they made us look like absolute monsters by the fact that we didn't do anything. You know, of of selling the moves, of telling the story, and and the match ended up um, being quite well received. But we would have given away. All all these big moves for nothing essentially. Just you know, like on 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 a, on a debut to say we could, you know, and you know we we try and be a little bit more than you know of, of tell the story of of the match of what we want to try and achieve and get the match over rather than Ryan's going to miss a moonsault or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, don't know, I suppose it does always play, in, especially with that. It does always play into always leaving wanting more. So it's maybe a bit of an eye with that perhaps. So if you want to give, you yeah, put ten pounds of shit into a five pound bag. It's just not going to work.
2: And it depends but, on, on your sort of opponent and things like that. Is And that's something yeah. that I think we've the Super Athletic game, Because we can be a bit more uh, super athletic, I suppose, and do something. Oh,
1: like I like you've done. I like you've done. Yeah. I mean, but you would be surprised. So I've been in this business since uh, May 2007. So you've yeah, gone past 13 years. And you'd be surprised how many tag teams you can look at them and think, they're, they're like, like yourselves. They're closer than friends. They're, they're like blood for all intents and purposes. They are brothers and all this sort of thing. And one of them will come up to you in the last bit of the match and you say, Look, you need to take this bit out. This doesn't make fucking sense. Or this move looks shit. Or his punches or his kicks or use, something that doesn't quite fit. It's okay. Oh, can you go and tell him because he's your partner? I don't want to fucking tell him.
2: I'm like, what? That
1: doesn't You're make tired.
2: sense. Was was the parking situation in London where I lost my shit? <laughs> <laughs> That's the only that is, time where I proper lost my
3: shit. That is was, the closest. So we were oh never closer God. to splitting the a tag team than this fucking <laughs>
2: London show. We, we were driving again, Iron fist, and uh, we were driving down trying to get parked at the venue, and it was a long drive as well, and um, we just couldn't get parked. And Chris was on like sat nav duties, and I'm driving. I was so stressed out of in the car for about five or six hours. And um, we just couldn't find somewhere to park. There was like diversions and roadworks and stuff like that. And he just kept ripping me. And I was just like, I fucking
3: hate London. It's awful.
2: And he was just so like, oh, I, best place on earth. It's fantastic. I'm a, it's- I'm a
3: London boy. I grew up in London. So I was dead excited to go back home. And like it was, so I, the sat-nav had taken us through fucking Mordor and back just to, oh. get to, just to get to London. And we were driving and we finally found the venue. And we'd driven past, like we'd seen other talent from the show like getting out of cars about a block away from the venue and there was nothing left and we gone round and round it was a one-way system and there was no parking and the fines were like if you park here for more than one minute you get a 500 pound fine and ryan was there like just getting and people were like pulling out all the time london drivers pulling out pulling out and ryan was like i'm just i'm losing this i was there like oh there's a space but really went no fucking space there i've never (laughs) seen
2: so long as there's parking, like right? that's the one thing that's gonna ruin it is, is, is the parking situation.
1: I mean, are, I mean, are you that are you that guy that if you go into like a multi-story car park, you're going up the the, the bits or whatever? You, uh, do you like lose your shit if you go to pull in and there's like a Cinquecento parked behind a big car? No, because I, so,
2: that... I, I drive an Igo. It's me, me, me and Chris driving a car. We look like Bowser and Donkey Kong. How,
1: how do you really fit? Look, how in the bloody hell do you fit it, in a Toyota like... bloody Igo?
2: We get we like we get four of us in normally. They look like uh, Mr. Incredible, you know, he's driving it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's very economical. That's my argument.
3: But, he's got an uh, IGO and I've got a Fiat 500. It's
2: embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> like Mario Kart. Wow.
3: Yeah.
1: Like if we we're trying to push you guys as a new upcoming cool tag team. I don't know if like giving one of you the, the in betweener's car is is, oh, is, is going <laughs> to do it.
2: If, if you want to do that, we'll park around the corners, and no one has to see. That's...
1: Like, is is the Fiat? Is the Fiat, well, at least what what color is the Fiat?
3: It is is cream. It, it's the peak it's,
2: hairdresser's one. That's...
3: It's, it's the yeah. It's the peak hairdressers peak basic. My argue, my my excuses is my wife's car.
1: Oh, um, I mean, oh god. Like, I, I I don't even drive, but like I'm that I, I, I think I'm, I'm I'm okay to criticize. I'm I'm just calling I'm just going to call out it this. It, it doesn't quite fit in with the uh, the super athlete chic that we've uh, kind of been trying to put together. a reason you don't see the it. promos in
3: it.
1: <laughs> ah, touche. Well, before we do get onto the, the obviously talking about the future, which is uh, the super athletes, we've got another little game show segment, and we usually. For the past series, we, uh, I knocked up three envelopes. The guests picked A, B, or C, and they got to pick a random game out. Um, we could have cheated, and whatever, but I was like, no, no, we're going to write three games for each person, and they'll pick a random envelope. Now, for season three that we're starting with today, we're changing the rules up slightly, because we've got you both on. You are, for all intents and purposes, like an old married couple. I think when people listen to this back. It's fair to say you are like an all-married couple. People can say that about me and my DJ Chris, me and Dave D'Avecchio. I'm sensing a pattern. Maybe it's me. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but you t- if you're close to your friend, you-, you will at some point be called each other's wives or all-married couple, whatever. So on that basis, well, I want to do a round of Mr. and Mr. Really? <laughs> if you both call cool, that.
0: <laughs> huh? yeah. yeah,
3: absolutely.
1: Well, let's, let's do it. I- I'm not going to lie to you. right? I was... Um, like I don't do many notes for this show. I'd I'd like to wing it. I mean, I like to wing life, yeah, which kind of explains why I'm in the shit that I'm in. But I, I was just about to to nod off asleep, and I thought, oh, I'll write it in the morning. I'll come up with a game show for them. Just about to nod off, and something clicked in my head. Like, oh, give me a fucking pen. Give me a fucking pen. And I'm luckily I've got a notepad next to my desk, uh, next to my bed, and like woke myself up just to go write down Mister and Mrs., but obviously, the S on the end of Misses is kind of in brackets. I started thinking of loads of questions I could ask you both that might embarrass you slightly. But I think we're going to all take it all in jest anyway. So, oh,
3: yeah,
1: 100%. If you're both cool with this. So I'm going to ask you a question. You need to think about it. And then on the count of three, you're both going to either say... Um, if you think it's you, say, obviously, uh, say your name. If you think it's the other, say say their name. we we'll are going to see if you both agree or if you disagree, <laughs> or if you're willing to even chuck yourself under the bus. I'm sure we'll, we'll see that. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I'm in. Okay, so the two of you go out for a meal. Who is the most likely to not pick up that bill? You ready? Yeah,
3: I'm Three,
1: three two, one. Press.
3: Anderson. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent I I will so I in fact I will I will argue this and say that I owe I owe Ryan a lot of meals. Um through that, so I I will I would that would be my contestion. But on previous form, I think we've we've bought gear tag team gear twice now, I think. And both times Ryan's had to foot the bill and I've paid him back very slowly and I probably owe him money still for gear, which I apologize for and we'll pay him back at some point. <laughs> It's, I you know, I have a mortgage I have all this stuff going on I very rarely have disposable income so when it's like oh we need gear and I've got a wife there being like oh, we well, need a new fucking sofa <laughs> that's a hard battle to win so Ryan's like my Ryan's uh, Ryan is my what's the word he's like my liaison into the wrestling world
2: I'm, I'm an he's, enabler I want these he's, he's my enabler that's it. The thing is, it's, it's, like, I'm bad for it as well. Like, when we've got the T-shirts, we've got the gear, we've got whatever, I just want it, you know. Mm. Um, but the problem is, is because there's bloody two of us, and he's got to have it as well. So, but I want yeah. it, so we're having it. <laughs> and then you can worry about the money later. So. But, in, yeah. in, every,
1: in every team, there is always one that's always putting in, like, the 51%, and the other one's the 49 <laughs> It's never 50-50. I don't care what anyone says, so I don't to this in a tag team. So, no, no, we are directly down the middle. You're fucking not. There's always that one that, that's a little bit ahead in terms of uh, putting, putting the money in, putting the bill, whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so who out of the team is most likely to turn up to a show with
3: unwashed gear?
1: Three, two, one.
3: Chris. Yes. Easy. <laughs> Straight up. And I, I'm not even sorry. I barely ever washed my gear. Oh, like, I, dear, I don't Chris. wash my gear until I know it needs washing. Even um, the,
2: the last one, I washed it for you.
3: You did wash it for me in my. Oh yeah, not fair. You did wash my gear for me. Uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm. not. So I will say in my, like not my defense. This is not a defense at all. This is my excuse. In my in my wrestling bag lives a bottle of Febreze, so it always gets a student wash before before a show. Um, it just doesn't always get you know the full the full wash.
2: Oh, so what, I, I got you uh, ran the lukewarm bath, we did it by hand, you know, there's a bit a bit bit a bit of time, care and attention put into that.
3: I <laughs> wow. I mean I, I mean I've, I, I will be completely honest, I reckon my super athlete's gear is still unwashed.
1: <laughs> since since the 7th of March. <laughs> I've not needed it since, have I? Oh
2: my god. Right. New rule from now as well. I'll, I'll, I'm on kit duty. Then. That, <laughs> I'll be back for oh, football again. You're the kit man. I am the kit man. Yeah, that's a new rule. Then. Oh
1: my fucking god.
2: <sighs>
1: I, I, I can guess which one of you is the wife. I'm just gonna leave that comment there. <laughs> it's, it's hey, not, you know what? You know what? Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, I had um, um, our I, I, I announcer, Mr. Daniel Terry. You, you live. You ended up living with me for the best part of six months. And I was the moaniest housewife to him ever. He'd sit in his room playing Dungeons and Dragons. He's got loaded like, 20-sided dice and all this crazy shit. And I'd be sat in, like, the living room, like, banging on the ceiling above saying, you're not putting your wash in So I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's not what I'd... he said.
2: It's how he said it.
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Right, a couple more, a couple more. Yeah,
2: go on, go on. Go on.
1: So either as Synergy or the Super Athletes, you get your debut in WWE and they happen to have brought in the Steiner brothers for you to go against. The Steiners are going over and they uh, ask you to: who are they pinning? So out of your opinions, who's going to uh, take the bullet for this one? Three, two, one. Brian.
2: Absolutely.
3: Easiest. That's the easiest question I've ever asked.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'd pay them for the Frankensteiner, honestly. <laughs> in all seriousness, they are probably the best. Well, it's between them and the Road Warriors in my opinion, would be the best tag team ever. Obviously, American males are outside of this. But uh, but yeah, it's between the Steiner brothers and, and the Road Warriors. And, like, I'm sure everybody knows <laughs> I'm probably Scott Steiner's biggest fan. I think he's incredible, he's hilarious. Um, so yeah, 100%, if it wants to be the Steiner eyes and the screwdriver, I'm having that. Yeah, take that, take that move, take that pin.
3: I'm going to put this out there. Ryan has a picture of Scott Steiner on his bedside table. Tell me I'm lying.
2: There's, there's a story about that. There's a, there's, uh, there, there's,
3: is it, am I lying? Am I lying? It's, it's, is it's there, in the
2: drawer. It's in the drawer. It's.
3: it's oh, the yeah, emited. of course it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's face it.
2: down. Is it you don't laminated? It's framed. Uh, that was my secret oh, my Santa God. present. That was my secret Santa present. Um um yeah so that lives in my in my bedside table drawer it, it, it doesn't it doesn't come out but it, it, i just know it's there
1: <laughs> do, do you kiss it before you drop off asleep like a little, little night night scotty
2: yeah, just, like, on a... just just light a little candle next to it i mean
1: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Right, we've got two more we're gonna get through them. we are gonna get through them Oh my fucking god. So nice not easy one, then we'll we'll do the the last one which is a bit mean of me, but it is what it is. Which is more important? So it's not a picking each other, but which is more important? Is it the Tan or the Scran? Three, two, one. Scran. Well played. played. And last but not least, you have you have been told that Synergy has to become a trio has to become a trio. Oh,
0: no! Oh, yeah, I, am,
1: I am going there. Oh, no! And you are only allowed to keep either Jack oh. or Keanean. No! You can only keep one. You can't trade yourself out. Oh, yeah, I'm playing that card I've tonight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was going
3: to pick me. I was like, I'll go. <laughs> I ain't got many years left in me. I'll be
0: injured for too long.
1: Fuck! Oh. <laughs> you, you, can, you can show a little bit of mercy and say and think of which one of those guys would do better as singles, not which do you need more in the trios. That's a bit more mystical. Yes, right. Yeah, I'm ready. Are you, are
2: you asking to keep or who we keep? Who's, who's, who's chopped? Who's uh, gone? Also, if we get rid, can we do that thing like where Batista... did the little weight? thumbs up, uh, thumbs down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. So who, who, am I, who am I electric chair dropping?
1: Can I say, Romans didn't do that. They didn't have a thumbs down. That's complete bollocks. No, no, they, no, had it, they had an up and to the uh, side. That's, no, that's fucking it. it. Yeah. Um, so, on the count of three, you're gonna tell me, kind of like Big Brother, who are you? Are we fucking evicted? Who's evicted? So it's, it's either yeah. Jack or it's Keenan. Now they might listen to this podcast. They might not listen to this podcast. It's
2: probably
1: will. We talked about <laughs> it. I did. I did say I wouldn't cost you bookings. I didn't say I wouldn't cost you friends. So uh, on the count of three, it's either Jack or Keenan. Three, two, one.
3: Keenan. And. Um,
2: for me, the reason being is okay. he, he absolutely doesn't beat us. You know, no. I'm not saying that Jack does, but he's, um, you know, like the stuff that he's doing down in London, and the caliber of people that he's working with and training with, like he'll he'll be doing this long after Chris has settled down with little baby Troy. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, hundred 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 percent. Like if he. Like, even if he never, if he just stayed in London the whole time, like, that was, and for whatever reason, he set up base camp in London and just worked out in London, he would, he will fucking surpass myself and Ryan in no time, regardless of anything else. Like, it's just, some of the, some of the matches he sends us, some of the shit we see from his training, stuff like that, the guy's nuts. Just yeah. nuts, nuts, nuts good. Um, what I would say, though, is Keenan, please don't leave, because yeah, we do intend. We really want to ride your coattails for as long as possible. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I, you know, I'm hoping I can pay off my mortgage on the back of you. So just you know, keep that in mind.
1: Now, um, I, I've got to say, I didn't think of all these questions. Uh, I've got a good friend of mine, a girl named Callie, came, came up with a few questions. Now, she's been to a few shows where she was a bit uncertain of who the super athletes were. But I explained to her the, old, the idea of Mr. and Mrs., And her exact comment, and when she listens to this, she might send me a text calling me a dickhead, but I said, look, I need to ask the super athletes some Mr. and Mrs. questions. Can you give me some examples? Because I've got a few, but I want a few outsiders. Her exact text read, are they the clap, clap, hiss guys, or are they the little purple brothers? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that the little purple brothers So again, <laughs> the draper, draper, brothers. draper brothers. If you listen to this, apologies, that that's not on me. That ain't on me. Um,
2: uh, I'm
3: stealing so, that for a promo.
2: Hundred percent. Yeah. But how how that came about was um we were doing a show once, and we were backstage, and we said like um uh, because basically like with the whole like sort of drop douche kind of gimmick that we've got I say it's a gimmick but you know that we've got going on um I, I just joked once I think I've watched the film and I just said like do you ever think that we're just like one step away from being like the baddies in dodgeball and then Chris just kind of looked at me and goes what if we were the baddies in dodgeball and then so we came out and we just we just did it on the fly on the entrance and we did the you know the tss, and it really got over there didn't it and you got all yeah. the little kids doing it back to us and stuff so we're like oh, we'll just keep doing it then. You know, yeah. it, was, it was just because one of us had watched dodgeball and was like, yeah, it's funny. I, mean, I think
1: this this is the perfect opportunity. So we've done the past, we've done the present, now we're all going to have to talk about the future. Yeah. Now, the super athletes, so obviously, I know I kind of had a hand in putting this together, but I didn't quite have as much of a hand in putting this together as I'd like to imagine. You two took this and fucking ran with it, because... I, I I can't remember which showcase. I think it's Showcase Five, perhaps. I can't remember which one it was. Um, I had an idea that I wanted to pitch you both as doing um, UK Gladiators, um, and I just thought like size-wise, you've got it. Charm and character, personality-wise, you guys have got it, and you could tell them all individually. You know, that was just what the UK Gladiators was. You knew who Warrior was. You knew Rhino was. You knew everyone knew who Jet was. Oh, everyone, yeah, everyone forget still fit still fit yeah. and i love the idea of having um like the essence of uk gladiators in a british wrestling tag team and i've kind of had this idea tucked away um <coughs> but i've not found the right person or sorry, persons to display it. like i've got a lot of ideas kind of tucked away and it just started clicking and I thought if there's anyone that can do this justice it's going to be you two but i honest to god thought you two were going to laugh in my fucking face i i didn't i because I, I didn't know you that well i didn't know the comedy you're into and the the movies and the films and, and the music and all this sort of stuff that you're into like dodgeball and stuff like that so I remember can i take you to one side and we sat down, and I was a bit nervous because I'm not going to lie to you, you guys probably outweigh me three to one. <laughs> so it's a bit intimidating. Even though I'm a promoter, I'm still in the right mind. If I pitch them something bad, they could pretty much kill me, and there's not too much I could do about it. So there's, 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 always, there's always an air. I know it sounds stupid, but there's always an air of that. So I'm sat, I'm sat here with you, and you two are sat in the ring. I'm sat in a chair, and I'm trying to find a way to explain it, and I'm trying to like read you. Um, I'm trying to like look at your facial expressions to see if you're going to go. Um, yeah, we'll give that a go with the voice that goes up. whereas really you don't want to fucking do it. You just don't want to upset my feelings. You, know I, mean? I get, I get that a lot. I'll pitch ideas and just part and parcel of being a promoter. That's what it is. So I'm sat and I won't. I I can't forget this. I've got the picture up on my phone of um, it's like a UK Gladiators uh, roster picture, and I'm fanning around I'm like oh, look, I'm just going to come out with it. What I want to do is a UK gladiators kind of deal. And I turned my phone around and showed you both. And your eyes, both of your eyes went fucking massive. They were like tea saucers, like bright white eyes. And I didn't know which way to take it. I'm thinking, oh, shit, I've upset them. And this is at the start of the show. I've got to spend a good three, four hours with these guys. So I, I didn't know what to do. And you guys just cut me off and just went, oh, Blade and Laser! And now I didn't know what Blade and Laser meant. <laughs> like, I mean, I've seen Dodgeball, but it, it, wasn't, it didn't really do all that much for me. Yeah. Um, so like, it's weird because it feels like you guys had already had an idea to do something like this anyway. And then it just, it's one of those, like Chris said, yeah, you know, don't believe in fate. But I'd kind of put the other half of the puzzle out there. You guys already had the other half of that puzzle as well. And somehow we just all knew what the fuck we were doing. And the Super Athletes was born.
3: It's, yeah, I think, go on, go on, Ryan.
2: Yeah, so like, I think it was, it was a case of good timing as well. I mean, to be honest, we'd always be interested in that sort of, in that sort of thing. But we had literally just started doing the whole, like, you know, because a lot of our, like, promos and a lot of the stuff, it's, it, it, you know, revolves around being big dudes and we like going to the gym and stuff like that. But we had literally just started doing the sort of, like, henchman-type, you know, dodgeball thing. And then when you sort of presented this with us to, to – I love Gladiators as well. It was my favourite show as a kid. And um, and it just seemed to think, like, yeah, yeah, perfect. Um it just proper fitted
1: in with what I think we want to do really. I mean, it was a very very easy sell. I mean this like It
2: wasn't a sell. Yeah.
1: It, it's that's I mean sometimes like I will pitch people ideas and you can just see them they don't want to upset my feelings because promoters come to them and it's not always a case of not all promoters reach out to talent to say I've got an idea for you. I I just like being a part of the creative process and And it seems to be the only thing I'm capable of doing. I can't drive, I can't speak languages, my GCSEs aren't worth shit. But I can come up with scenarios and solutions, character traits and all that sort of thing. So I always want to pitch them to people. And sometimes it's like they go, yeah, that ain't for me, mate, fuck that. And then it just seemed to be such an easy transition into, I don't want to, it's not about... I don't want synergy. That, that was the hardest thing for me when people were talking about, it. oh, have you seen synergy? Yeah, we've got them on our show, but they're not synergy. It was more, I see Keenan as a really cocky face. I've got another idea in the back of my head for Jack. So the four of you won't necessarily be together. So I want something new that just you two can do. And then if we include that many to, down the line, that's cool, but I kind of want to, this is going to sound bad, not that Vince McManus is classed with, he wants to create his own, so he's got his own trademarks on the talent, he doesn't want you to come in with a name that you've already got, with with some exceptions, obviously. Um, But I think it's not necessarily always that, I think it's maybe a case of, if you go to anywhere up and down the country, chances are you can see such and such NXT UK talent. You can see this team, this 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 girl, this guy, whatever. Nothing's really unique anymore, especially with social media. You can find out to all the shows in your area. You can go to any one, any number of them. I wanted something unique, and we're coming up with a brand new spanking idea, focusing more on that gladiators, focusing more on the dodgeball, focusing more on, on a bit more gym jock douchebag. I think we had something unique that no one else could see anywhere else. What I was very odd easy with, because you know, synergy works. There's no two ways about it. Synergy fucking works. Uh, I know it. You guys know it. Anyone that's seen you guys fucking knows it. And that was the hardest thing I had to kind of battle with because I didn't want to not shit on it, but I didn't want to dismiss it. But so I in, think- in ter- sorry, so in terms of like putting obviously the super athletes together, and uh, were you guys okay with this? Were you? Were you excited to have another string to your bow because it wasn't erasing synergy it was adding something to your repertoire, it was giving you something additional
3: i think yeah i think so me and ryan have, have spoken about this quite a lot i think one of the things that i i and i would say for ryan as well that we really pride ourselves on is we feel that we can do whatever the job whatever job the promoter wants us to do so like I for me personally, the way I view wrestling is that we are we're there as entertainers. That is our job to entertain the crowd. Now, whatever role that needs to be, it will be. If that needs to be that we are uh like we said, like the the jo- the dumb cocky jock healy types, and that's what we'll do. If we need to be like the the serious muscle um kind of baddies, we'll do that. If we need to be like the uh, like the cocky powerhouses that we are at Manchester Pro Wrestling, for example, we can do that and we're um, well, before lockdown started, we were also starting to do kind of more things where we were going kind of face in some places, and we felt very confident in doing that. Like, our, our, our philosophy when we're working with companies has always been we will solve the promoter's problem. So, if, a pro- yeah. if we go to promoter and they, they, in their opinion, if they feel like they have what they need out of big guys, out of big powerhouse guys, and they don't see a role for us, that's absolutely fucking fine, 100%, because you don't need us, so don't use us. Like don't don't use us like don't don't force us into don't force us into a hole we don't fit in. Like this is what we are. Whatever you need out of a big guy pairing, me and Ryan feel we can fit that. If you don't need us, absolutely fucking fine. So when you came to us and said, like, oh, we've got this, I've got this idea, it's essentially essentially gladiators in wrestling, I think in my mind, I was like, fucking yes, we can get we can do that, we can get that over. And that is like that was the the need that you had, and I was one hundred and seventy fucking three percent confident that me and Ryan could absolutely pull that off and excel in it.
2: Which after
3: like, after one appearance, I feel like we've done well so far.
2: And and that's the thing is is it, it's about re, it's about understanding you know uh, the, the the promoter and understanding the promotion as well. Yeah. So like you know we we don't feel we're 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 above sort of doing. Like so, we did the we did the battle sticks comedy spot, and it was it was, yeah. it was funny, you know. Like, and the crowd loved it. But would that be um, something that we'd probably do, you know, in, in a serious tag match at Future Shock? Of course it is, you know. But um, I think just expanding on what Chris kind of said is like, yeah, if if you know, if you're, um, I think a, a problem is is I think you've actually said it to us before, Phil, is that some people say like, oh, I work heel and face, I'm a flyer and I do strong style and I do this and I do that and I do that, I think, like, we, we I, I, I feel we're more than just you know, two, two big lumps that do the suplexes or whatever you know, like, we with we, you know we've we put an awful lot of time in outside of wrestling and put the work yeah. in and, and, you know, like, we can you know, hence the super athlete gimmick we can do certain things that you would maybe uh, expect us uh, to sort of be able to do uh, but equally, as, as we sort of found out, like you know, the matches at Future Shock, you know, like it, it's about understanding what what that crowd want and what that and what that match is, is all about. Uh, yeah. So, so we, we you know we are versatile to a point. We're on a spectrum of being super serious enforcer heels whatever to you know goofy comedy faces. We're on that spectrum. But equally, if you want to book uh, a high flying, um, you know, young tag team, and that's probably not us. So we wouldn't try and and sort of take that spot and 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 lie and say to you that this is something that we're capable of. Equally, if yeah. you're wanting a sort of super technical, uh, that's that's Jack's bag. You know, that's you know get him along for that. That's probably not um, something that we that we be doing together. So, yeah, it, that, that, that's it really is that um, solving a promoter's problem um, and not trying to pretend you something that you that you're not. I suppose. Yeah,
1: yeah. because I I know like names wise. Like for yourself, obviously, beast and destroyer. We went back and forwards a lot because we had to make sure that not only did any, did any of those names not be used in wrestling, which trying to find you, know, in, in social media and uh, all this sort of stuff. You know, names haven't been used already is fucking difficult. And we had to make sure that no gladiators, not just the UK, but no Australian, no uh, American, all these different like variations of gladiators, they hadn't used them. Yeah. So we kind of went back and for, backwards and forwards on that for, for ages. I... I don't actually know where the super-athlete's name actually came from. Because, I you know, we talked about a couple, and I don't remember which of the two of you said Ladiators. At, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: at first, I thought that sounded like a – I'm going to pick my words very fucking carefully. It sounds like a club in Soho. <laughs> you should you
2: should Plus, see our the yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: like where did the super athletes come from? Because I, I know that was like the last note no. you got left on. I was like, Yeah, yeah. maybe gladiators, like the then from nowhere. This is what we're doing. Because you actually didn't say, Is this okay? You said we're gonna be the super athletes and I was like, Okay, cool, they've taken charge, they must have done um, some like research on it, they'd know it's not there already. They they've decided, fuck it, yeah, we'll go with that. It's-
2: this was actually um, that was our, it was the commentary, wasn't it, on the yeah. uh, for our feature shop debut. Of um, so, I um, call Sam. His his wrestling name's Oscar Byron, and mm. um, he's got a, he's got a brilliant he's got a brilliant I really yeah, think yeah. you really like. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's been down to my shows a few yeah, times. We, have, we haven't had chance to
2: to, to yeah, get. Yeah, it's a yeah. brilliant sort of champagne socialist type, you know, and he's 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 great. But he was doing um, he was doing commentary. Uh, on our match and uh, you know so they'd asked before uh, what like, the mood names and stuff were but like in order to try and get us over as these sort of big powerhouses compared to the young ones who kept know, referring to us as super athletes which is sort of brilliant it's hilarious um, so you know and he was dead proud of himself Going back and going oh it was so funny I called you this and we were just like yeah that's case and um, we'd already spoke to you I think about the idea at this point so yeah, we were like that just, I think it just worked I mean, it's
1: got that kind of late late 80s, early 90s uh, kind of vibe to it, which I kind of think lends to the Gladiators. You, the um, What was uh, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man, their team called? Mega Powers. Super Power.
3: Mega Powers. Mega Powers. Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Like, it almost sounds a bit cliche, a bit cheesy. Yeah. But it just it hangs on at the last minute. And so when you said Super Athletes, like, I was – Still contemplating Ladiators, like I fucking hated it when whichever one of you said Ladiators to, to start with, I think I was in work or something, when you said it, I went, fucking shit, not a fucking chance. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not to... I'm sorry, it started to then grow on me, I think I actually messaged and said, you know what, if you did want to do Ladiators, I'm just saying, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty, good. It's like, pretty we were, cool.
2: Like, got everything figured out, and i was like, shit, I need to give Phil a name, to give Phil a name. Yeah. That was like a sort of placeholder name, like we knew it was shite. Like, we needed
1: summer. i think like laviators it's that thing where it's got that instant oh i saw what you've done that, that, that that's good it's got that instant funniness i think that will deteriorate over time Where super super athletes will kind of stick at that certain point it's just got a quality to it i think we made the right as well you made the right decision it's it's you know it's your team it's your it's your decision uh, I think in, in the end, you did make the right decision. Super athletes definitely, definitely works.
3: Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's always quite ironic as well when no one sees me doing cardio drills at training, so they don't actually know that it's all a, it's all a sham and I am not athletic in the slightest. <laughs> I'll let Ryan do all the cool stuff. I'll just give the crowd some shit.
1: It's just like, because I know we're coming up on, on the top side of sort of two hours. I've got to hit on this before we, before we sign off. Now, what you've just said there, I wish to God more people understood that. Like, like you can do a suplex. Ryan can do a suplex. I can do it. Even me can do a suplex. My DJ, Chris, can do a suplex. Now, varying degrees of um, how good they look, and obviously depending on all our sizes, whatever, but in terms of the move, we can each do that move, we, but it's how we present it that I think makes wrestling uh, the, the best thing in the world. And I think not enough people focus on being able to find their voice and to, to talk. They just want to, oh, I want to get the moves, I want to get the moves, I want, I want to do strong style, I want to do kicks. Well, who are you? You're just some dude that can do kicks and playing gear with no personality. There's a reason why Hulk Hogan's a multi, 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 multimillionaire And John Cena, multi-multi-multi-millionaire, not necessarily the best technical wizards. Characters will always get over. Fun will always get over. Chances are, if you've got a, like, there'll be a pub or something that you've either got or been to in your younger years, there's a bit of a shithole, but it was a a good laugh. So it kind of holds that memory in your heart. It doesn't have to have the best drinks. There'll be an Alsatian in the corner, sipping a pint. There'll be a barmaid with, with like, STD and, and, and a lip. It's characters. I know that's fucking weird to say, especially on a podcast. But it's characters. And if it was just a plain old pub, smiling of disinfectant, because they're really cold and clinical and professional, it wouldn't be fun anymore. And wrestling's meant to be fun. And I wish more people took that stance of learning how to talk, learning how to find their voice, learning how to talk to a crowd. Because some people, it's like pulling teeth. And they could have been in this business 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years, and they'll they'll, just, they'll give nothing more to the crowd other than you shut up.
3: Wow. So That's- there was, I there were two points where this that really got over to me, and there was the the first time you came to see one of our showcases. I can't remember which one it was. It was an early one, and me. It might have just been me and Ryan. It might have been a trio. I can't remember. But anyway, we got to the heat, and we did a we did a lot in the heat. But like I remember being fucking gassed by the end of the ge- By the end of the heat. <laughs> We just kept, like, chucking more. I think we had, like, fucking four hope spots, a double down, the hot... T- like, it was the most exhausting match I've ever done in my life. And I remember you coming over to us and just saying, like, it, your match was really good, this well, this well. But just, like, cut out half the shit from the heat and just, like, just relax. Don't do less. Do less, get character over more. And it's one of those things where, like, you hear, and especially then, because we'd only been wrestling for, like, six, seven, eight months. I don't know how long it was at that point. Like, you hear it, but you don't really, like, it goes in, but you don't really get it, if that makes sense. And yeah. then not long after, I think it must have been, like, maybe a couple of weeks after, we were, we helped out at a um, uh, World of Sports show. They were doing their, you know, their live shows, and it was at Blackpool yeah. Arena. Not Blackpool Arena, at the um, Tower. And we were, we were there, and we were watching the show from the rafters, and it was Crater versus someone. I can't remember who. Now, don't get me wrong, obviously, a Crater's a little bit different, because the guy's a fucking behemoth. Yeah. But he literally, in his beatdown, he would stomp on the guy. He'd give the guy a stomp. The guy would sell off. And he literally just went round each corner of the ring, gave the crowd some shit, went back, stomped the guy. And he was the most hated heel out of everyone there. And, like, there was some fucking talent on that show. There was, you know, like, Shaw Samuels was there. Were, Who the fuck was Adam Max. Adam Max is dead good. Adam Max, there was, like, there was a load of very, very talented wrestlers. It was, it was a silly, talented roster. But he was the one that got the most heat and he did by far the least. By far the least stuff. And from that point onwards, I was like, like you, you know when you see it and you're there live and the, the crowd for that show was awesome as well. It was a really good crowd. And he just, it, everything kind of clicked. And if I'm honest with you, I've stolen half the shit the Creator did in that beatdown because it works so fucking well and I'm stealing it for myself and I'm not apologizing to him unless he's in front of me because he's fucking massive. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was that was the moment where I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, actually just in terms of the beatdown or a beatdown part of a match, it literally, you can stomp a guy once in a minute and that's all you need to do. You don't need to do move after move after move because it's not the point of what you're trying to do. You're not trying to be impressive at that point. You're just trying to get the crowd to fucking hate you. Or you're trying to get, if you're the face, you're trying to get the crowd onto your side, which if you're constantly just getting yeeted onto your back and from pillar to post, you don't have a chance to do. That was the one point where I really, like I, I got, I got being a heel, I'd say.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I so we'll, we'll, obviously, we're getting close. We'll, we'll kind of like start to wrap this up a little bit now. But as we've been talking about the obviously the future of synergy, the future of the super athletes, the future of yourselves as well, uh, whether it be singles or whatever, what would you say, what is in your future in terms of being a performer? I mean, I, would you want to do a bit of something else in terms of commentary, announcing, or is it literally just a case of if we want to wrestle and when the wrestling's done, we're done? Uh, do you want to go first on
3: that? Or- I was, so for me, like for me, I have no clue. If I'm honest, I'm going to wrestle for as long as I can wrestle, and when either life or my body catches up with me, I'll figure out where the fuck I am at that point. Um, I've said before, like if so, let's say. So for me personally, if I blew my knee out tomorrow and like it was a point of being like two years before I could wrestle again and it was then I was going to make decisions, I'd probably try and go into refereeing, if I'm honest, which I think would be hilarious because I'd be the biggest ref in the fucking country. Um, but also like when we're at training, honestly, I fucking love wrestling, uh, refing. Yeah, refing is great because like, I th- you just get to see so much more of the match and obviously like, you still are a part, physically you are a part of the match because you're helping to call the match and do that kind of stuff. I oh, yeah. love refing. So, off the top of my head, I'd say that would be the next place I'd go. Uh, but I, to be honest with you, I, I'm not even considering that shit. I'm just going to wrestle for as long as I can wrestle and get as much done and get as far as I can from there. Um, well, I say I am. I'm going to cling on to Ryan, Jack and Keenan's coattails for as long as I can <laughs> do it. Hope that I manage to blag myself somewhere.
2: I think that's the thing Is um, I know this whole, you know, the lockdown and the uh, the situation's not come up for time for anyone. Um, it was just a little bit of a shame for us because we had a lot of new promotions that we were going to um, start working at as well. Um, yeah. that we were Really looking forward to. And the other thing that we we're um, uh, that we we're looking forward to is we've never worked um, as as faces as a team as well. There's a couple of places where we were looking at working face as well. We've We've planned like the absolute mother of all hot tags, haven't we? It's going to be <laughs> we'll finally get to do it. It's absolutely awesome. And I can't wait to do it. So. Um, it's just it was a bit of a shame because it felt like we were getting a little bit momentum. I know it feels like that for everyone um, of, of working in some new places and stuff like that, and that we're looking forward to. So I, I don't know. I guess in the, in, the, in in the immediate future, you know, we just want to wrestle in as many places as we can um, and have as much fun as we can. Like I think that's that's the viewpoint we take. because you know, we spent a lot of years playing sports. As as Chris said, you know, we're not we're not seventeen. Unfortunately, I wish I wish I I'd again to when I was seventeen. So that we just kind of take every 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 match as it comes, and I know it sounds a little bit corny, but you know we don't know when we'll we'll, we'll do it again. You know, like yeah. re- re- you know, I, that was a wake up call for me that time. I watched that backflip off of you, and nearly broke my knee, and I thought like
0: shit, you know, uh, I, uh,
2: I, I'm done. you know that that could have done me that. So like it's just a case of appreciating each match um, and, and, and enjoying it. So you know we're, we're, wherever we can wrestle and whoever we can wrestle, we just, we just yeah. Can enjoy. I mean. I
1: think uh, I think a lot of people, I mean, you've, what, you've been in this business for, what, three years, there or thereabouts?
2: Started training yeah. in three
1: years. Now? Yeah, we'll say sort of three. I think, again, I'm, I'm going to have to blow some smoke up your arse, and uh, apologies if you get a bit red in the face or whatever. I wish a lot of people would be that kind of humble. Now, I'm not going to name names. I'd fucking love to because this really fucking wound me up. I was on a show up north, and there was some silliness going on in the ring. It was like some guys wrestling in onesies. Now, the crowd were fucking loving it. Like, they couldn't get enough. Now, for me, that's all I need to know. As a promoter, as a performer, if the crowd are into it, they've paid to to, to come in. And if the crowd are responding, that's all I need to know. And I was stood on stage and with, I think that's with Ryan Might and a couple other people, and there was a tag team there. Again, I won't name them, but they were quite sort of youngish guys. And they just were like, <laughs> would we'll catch me doing that? of people fucking laughing at me. <laughs>
0: and,
1: it, and, and it riled me up really yeah. badly because and, and, I think, well, because I think Keith Myatt on the show previously, dress, dressed up as Santa. he's dressed up as Deidre Barlow on, on PCW.: Bray <laughs> yeah, Bray, yeah, Bray Myatt. Uh, Rick Flair's dropping elbows on his fucking suit jacket. You know what I mean? And you go, if yeah. these guys can do it. What fucking excuse have you got? If they're cool with doing it, you shouldn't feel like you're above doing any of that. People come to wrestling to be entertained, to have fun. That, people get into it because it's fun, to take the mind off real world shit. That's the point. Uh, and right. whenever I've been around you two, on that last showcase I was at, I think it was five, you're against. Was it? Di- uh, I don't remember the rest of the team. Is Dynamite Lee? Is- yeah. Yeah. I mean. and, and yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And he got his little light, the fuse move in there. Where he yeah. licks the tip of his fingers, and when yeah. I suggest again, this is that thing where I suggested that move to. Him when I was expecting him to go fuck off, dude, I was expecting you to say it as well because when I told him you were there, and he said, "Okay, I'll do it," he says to you, "This is what we're going to do," and you didn't even bat an eyelid. You're like, oh, "All right, cool."
3: Yeah. I think, yeah, so I think for me, for me personally, like, my, the end of my American football career wasn't an enjoyable one, like, for certain reasons that I don't. So for me, I'm like, that's not how I'm going to treat wrestling at all. I'm just going to enjoy this shit. Um, And if I can make as many other people enjoy it as well, then that's me doing my job. And I've earned my, my, I've earned my wage and I can go home happy.
2: Equally as well, as you said, you know, in that situation, the guys in the onesies and stuff were getting the crowd on side and things. But if they'd have turned up to one of the more serious, maybe like hybrid style wrestling events, it wouldn't work. People would be there like, you know, what the hell is this? And it doesn't fit what they're trying to do at that time. So, you yeah. know, that kind of goes back to what we're saying. Is I feel we could do the spectrum from serious to funny dependent on what people want. But it's about understanding what works in yeah. what place, you know, like um, and and that's kind of an example of it, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah it does. It,
2: work,
3: it works both oh, ways, in not it? Because we, we've seen it as well where like at shows where they're looking for that, um, like you know, the onesie, the fun type, the like that kind of show. We, you know, we've seen people put on like big daft, like indie hybrid matches, and it just the crowd doesn't react to it because that's not what they're looking for. And that's that's fine. That's if, if the crowd, if that's what the crowd wants, then give them that, and everyone's fucking happy. And if the crowd wants hybrid style, strong style, all that kind of thing, then do that because that's what the crowd wants and everyone gets their money's worth, everyone's happy, everyone, like we said, escapes reality for a little bit.
1: One's
2: not better than the other, it's just a case of... No. A a yeah, I mean, just...
1: I mean, I, I agree with that to a point, but I always think, like, funny will always draw money. That's what I've always kind of said. Like, I went to a Fight Club pro show yeah. and seven of the matches were all strong style. And there's one match with uh, Session Martina. Yeah. And yeah. she was doing, doing like, a Wombstone pile yeah. drive where she puts <laughs> the opponent's head in, in her gear. And the crowd ate that shit up like you wouldn't... Like, and I, even I was just, like, going, this is fucking amazing. I think you could still, you could still do variation. I'm say I variation. Suppose
2: if the, but if if the that, difference is, is if every match was like that, you'd become desensitized. Yeah. You need the hard-hitting, the strong-style stuff. In order, so that's a crowd that kind of can kind of appreciate both, but I think, like you say, it it'd take away from what she was trying to do if, yeah, if the people try to present that as well, I suppose. So, just having a bit right, of
1: wrestling's rest, rest, a buffet, you want a bit of everything, don't you? That's,
2: I think, yeah. that's when we go to Iron Fist, that's what they're really good at, isn't it? You yeah, you've got yeah. Chris Royals doing his like technical character stuff, and then you've got Jake being an absolute madman, you know, and do that, taking
3: needles yeah. through his. I've seen him, sticking oh, don't, yeah. With, yeah. We, that that, yeah. def,
2: that death match was so You said literally yeah. after because I was like, "Would you?" you know, we were asking, "Would you? Would you ever do like a, a death match?" And I thought about it and was like, uh, "Maybe." And then as soon as that match happened, you were like, "I'm never doing one." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <a> <laughs> no
3: way. we, so we, we just, were uh, we, we were backstage, and this is a legitimate, pervasive thing I heard. Someone said, "Duck one needle," and I was like, "Well, I'm out. Why don't I need to hear that?" What do you mean, "Duck one needle"? That's oh. not a, that's not a call. Brilliant no.
2: seeing that. Uh, yeah, Merseyside, Mercery got a fantastic, aren't they? But seeing, um, seeing Scott's back after that match, oh my God..: yeah, I'm out.
1: Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Just to type, you know what, I'm, I'm good. My, uh, my, my old-ass 36-year-old back wouldn't, wouldn't tolerate <laughs> that shit. It's not going to fucking happen. <laughs> right, uh, Gent, it's been an absolute pleasure, but is there anything that you want to promote uh, before we sign off? Whether it's uh, your own channels, whether it's Synergy, whether it's this, that, the other. What, is there anything you want to put over to people? Oh, a
3: great question! Um, I Jonas, just go and find wrestling. It's on YouTube. There's a load of it. Go Manchester Pro Wrestling YouTube account. Go Iron Fist YouTube account. LWF YouTube account. PWF, you have a YouTube account? It
2: does. PWF uh,
1: YouTube it, account. Future yeah. um, uh, Shock on just,
3: demand. They've
2: got a really good on demand service. It's yeah, Future Shock
3: on demand. Like just yeah, just go yeah. out and enjoy wrestling. Like we all can't leave the house. There's naffle wrestling happening outside in the indie scene. So go and find it on, on YouTube. Go and enjoy it. It's fun. It's an escape from reality. Uh, yeah. And then once once you've enjoyed a lot of wrestling, go to synergyshop.bigcartel.com and buy <laughs> our merch because, you know, we haven't got, there's no shows happening, so wages are down. It's uh,
2: at Synergy Faction on Instagram as
3: well. Gents, <laughs>
1: the, the, a- actually perfect. Actually, I'm so, so glad that we started Season 3 out with you guys. I'm so glad that we tried. There's obviously trio sometimes, what, what's, what's one step more than a trio when it's four people? Quartets? Quartets, <laughs> yes. Quartet
3: sounds Um
1: Because I'm a nerd, I know that that's a game on the Master System from like 1989, because I'm a fucking nerd. Sometimes a quartet <laughs> when uh, Chris jumps in. I'm so glad we tried this out with you guys. Uh, I love you. My DJ Chris loves you. Fucking everyone loves you. Keep doing whatever you're doing. Keep being funny. Keep having fucking awesome matches. Stay humble, stay hungry. Guys, it's been an absolute fucking pleasure.
3: It's been our pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. See you later, guys. See you later. Cheers,
1: guys.
0: Thanks for listening. Check out Pro Wrestling for you on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.